The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, Tom, you ready? Where's that damn button? Oh, there it is. What? Oh, you're supposed to use. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, you ready? I who am. You, who are you texting right now? I, uh, I'm trying to make my phone go on airplane mode. Oh, so it makes cool. my Brokers. voice sound better. What a, what a great intro. Here we go. We, 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 we're three guys who like to talk and All right. Um, well, hello, Woo! hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Joel. We just we already did our introductions. You don't need to hear it again. Uh, yeah. Hello, guys. How's uh, how's everyone doing? Episode ten. Doing we did it, per- Joel. We did <laughs> doing, it. Doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, episode ten. I know uh, we already hit you know the major landmark, which is episode five. Appreciate all those emails and just the flood of pats on the back and everything. So. You know, no reason to celebrate episode 10, but you know, it is, it is, we're in double digits now. So that's, uh, I don't know. I'm excited about that. I think we're, we're killing it one few weeks at a time. We have no schedule. What are we doing? We're just, uh, I don't know. We're just three guys that like to play pinball. And talk pinball. Yeah. We basically just wait until Tom's like, when's the next podcast? Cause it's, I think it's Tom. I think he, <laughs> I think he builds and builds and builds and he's ready to burst. He just can't, he can't go more than three weeks without talking about pinball. I say stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's no, fair. no extra ball. Well, yeah, no extra ball this week. Uh, we decided just to have a week of catch up and, um, there's plenty to catch up on, believe it or not. I, I know it seems like we're kind of in a, a pinball news drought. I mean, we're in this weird in between, between now and the end of the year. And really the only thing that's going to happen between now and the end of the year is Stern's probably going to release another game, but rush. There's plenty. There's plenty to. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. But between now and then, um, one thing that happened shortly after we recorded last was the two of you fools got on airplanes and flew to Florida. You both went to Free Play Florida because you're addicted to Whoppers. Um, yeah, tell us. Tell us all about that. The, Tom, you the go addic- first. The addiction <laughs> is real, Joel. Well, here, here's your transition. Speaking of addiction, uh, Travis, you have an interesting story of the flight on the way to really? Free Valley, Florida. That's how we're going to transition? Hey, you know, the transitions are natural. It just, they come uh, how they come. You might as well. Speaking of which, Travis, um, <laughs> let's let's hear about your experience. Uh, you can experience tell your the story there. and I'll tell mine. All right, so I'll just keep this short. If you guys listened to the last podcast and you got to the very end of it, Din Din told us about, what was it, some type of game that was an adult game that was a Kickstarter or something like that. Adult VR game. Yep. Yes, right. I think it's like a full-on adult VR game. Like we're talking procreation with ligers and hmm. elves. I, I don't know. I, Tra- I don't know Travis what bullshit this game it. has. It was in the it was in the pornographic genre, is what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was trying to figure out how real this was at the end of our podcast, and I was looking at it on my iPad, verifying that we weren't having the piss taken out of us. Hmm. My problem is, is that was the last time I had my iPad prior to going on the flight, and so you know, like a 
like a somebody on a plane that wants to be entertained, I open up my iPad because I'm like, oh, I'm going to study my notes going down there. I want to review over rule sets and all that. And I open it up and right there, just full frontal on my iPad Pro is this damn game with everything right there. And I just mortified the person next to me, mortified myself. I thought I was going to get kicked off. So like I, I was so embarrassed. Are you aisle seat, middle, middle seat? Where were you at? So what made this even worse? <laughs> I was in an aisle seat. Okay. So right. I don't know who saw it behind me <laughs> and I don't know who saw it besides me. I know who saw it next to me because the person next to me was taking up half of my chair. So it, it, he oh. was going to see it either way. Yeah. It wasn't a pleasant <laughs> flight. We, we got to know each other very well. I should have just owned it. Now I yeah. think about it. As soon as he looked at, it, I should have just looked at him, looked at him uh, dead in the eye and just nodded my head. Yeah, and then just gone it, back yeah. to what I was doing. Yeah, just waited for a thumbs up or something. But geez, that's. Uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure the person I was sitting next to probably was the top contributor to this game. So, oh boy, I don't know. He was probably a happy camper with what he saw, but I was still embarrassed, though. You know, it, it doesn't. It takes a lot to embarrass me, but I have to draw the line at pornographic VR games that Dennis Creasel tells me about on your yeah. iPad on an airplane. And then an airplane. it was the best part. It was the beginning of the flight too. So the guy had to sit next to you. Yeah. We were for the whole just, flight. Yeah. We were just taking off and everybody's probably <laughs> oh, looking yeah. at me like, wow, this guy, <laughs> that this guy. guy right here. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, little, little did you. they know. Yeah. I just wanted to review over pinball rule sets and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lesson learned. People mm. always check your internet and always check your, your iPad browsers. So yes. what is it? They they then they glance over and see your notes and they see what like soft plunge and uh, what you know. What? It's actually <laughs> it's it's pretty hilarious. Whenever I uh, when I'm on the road, I always have pinball videos up just so I can remind myself of what I'm seeing. <laughs> kind of like draw out a plan. Okay. And I'll always put it on my iPad and I'll set it in front of me, and everybody always stares at it. They'll stop what they're doing. And I swear, more times than not, I'll get somebody saying, I didn't even know pinball was still around. Or, oh, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I mean, that's the cool part. You see a lot of people that aren't familiar with it. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes I accidentally show off VR porn games. And other times, yeah. I spread the joy it's of pinball the around other. to people. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of, yeah. yeah. How, one how the would other. you rate the game, Travis? Mm, it leaves a, a lot a lot to be desired. desired. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have all the animal types the, that you were hoping the, for. <laughs> the demo did not work out so well. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm good. So what's good. sad is is I as I said, hey Travis, when we I'm going to bring up your airplane story on the podcast, and Travis goes, well, if I have to share my story, Tom has to share his. So Tom, what I don't even know yours. What okay. is what is going on with you two? So but his, before- his is worst. Before we left for uh, for Florida, I had downloaded a show off of Netflix, and I remember saying to Travis, like, I don't even know what's on my iPad. Like, I just know I downloaded a show for the plane. So it it ended up being The Witcher. Oh, have you seen it? It's a great show. But yeah, definitely. uh, There's some very brutal murder and, and some, you know, some skin. For sure. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of skin, a lot of a lot of fighting. So a lot of dangling skin. Let's <laughs> yes. put it that way. Yes. So like literally I'm I'm sitting there watching, minding my own business in the aisle. And all of a sudden there's these there's this 
five-year-old or six-year-old girl right next to me waiting in line to go to the bathroom. So much worse than mine. (laughs) (laughs) We're going down a dark path right now. And, (laughs) you know, there's all this, like, just... Just this. It, luckily, it, it wasn't a uh, a a skin um, uh, part of the show, but uh, there were there was some pretty gory battle going on. Mm. Um, yeah, I was and a her little, eyes lit up. I was a little embarrassed by that. I I I had to kind of turn it away. So wow, but, well done. That's... Yeah, luckily, luckily, mom wasn't looking. At the iPad. At the <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah. So what the lesson of the the moral of the story for both of you guys, right? Is is anybody that's listening to this podcast, just before you get on a plane, look at what's on your iPad before you turn it on. That's what I'm hearing, you know? Uh I don't know. I'm I'm proud proud to call you guys uh po- podcasting partners. <laughs> Way to be <laughs> Yeah. Well dang, done, guys. Dang right. So, um, so that's your flight there. Both of you almost got kicked off and then you, uh, <laughs> you get to free play Florida. So we're, we're going right into tournament talk. This is, I, I know some people probably fast forward this other people, this is what they, they love to eat up, but, um, you guys were all in for those whoppers. So yeah. So why don't you take it away? Tell me about, tell me about your few days in Florida. Well, I'll tell you about our few days in Florida. Where do we start at? Um, where do you think we should start? Try the beginning. Uh, Jeff Teal is getting butter spilled on him at Red Lobster. That there's was hilarious. A, there's a good spot to start. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Canadians cannot handle their butter <laughs> at seafood restaurants. That was that was a sight to be seen. Uh, and that was Free Play Florida. All right. What was our next? <laughs> <note>? <laughs> um, well, we could start with classics. How many tournaments? How many tournaments were there? There's two tournaments there's a classics tournament and a, a main tournament there's technically four, there was there are four, four tournaments that we participated <laughs> we participated <laughs> in it. too okay so there's this is also no... a women's tournament which clearly we right. cannot compete clearly in. right yeah. this and is no then, super series with six tournaments this is no just two. and then there was there was a strikes tournament for all the losers to play in and that's what teolis won the losers tournament ah gotcha so gotcha, gotcha. yeah that's yeah. why he so, showed up okay yeah so great job there jeff <laughs> they uh <laughs> yeah so they had a main a classics and then during main finals for those that didn't make main finals they had a strikes tournament going on at the same time i think it was like a three strikes tournament or something like that yep Gotcha. And so once again, for anybody new listening, classics are typically it's defined what? Everything pre-DMD? Typically, yes. Typically. So pre-DMD, dot matrix display, any game before that, not, well, you know, EMs count in classics, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where else would you have them at, Joel? I don't know. EMs. I mean, they have their own category on pin side. Just who cares, right? I mean, that's. The EM tournament? (laughs) Yeah, the EM (laughs) tournament. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so classics tournament and then everything DM, DMD and, and modern all the way up to modern. So what was the most modern game you played? Did, uh, was there Godzilla? Then, I mean, is that the latest game? Are you right? talking about the most modern game in classics no, or the most modern, modern game in Maine? In, in Maine. Is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, turtles? I guess. Yeah, it'd be turtles. Turtles oh, and then a close Deadpool. Yep. Okay. All right. So classics. It was, cla- which was first? Classics, I assume. Well, Correct. Th- they, they Ish. run simultaneously for qualifying, but but classics gets done sooner, and then they have the uh, finals uh, or the playoffs going on 
towards the end of qualifying for Maine. Got it. Okay. And it was, it's a pump and dump too. So you're basically just playing a single player game, trying to get the highest score possible on the game with a lot of amount of time is what okay. it is. So you can, ju- you could play and play and play and play and play. It just, yeah. You're if just, you wanted to, yeah, you could you buy the, as many you as you want. If you have the bankroll, you can, you can well, go how much, at it. How much does it cost to play the game? It was $20 for seven plays. So, oh, okay. So we're not talking, it's not like a dollar a play. It's, it's, it costs no, money. No, this Joel, this is pro pinball. I got, this we, is we why don't I'm asking the questions, you know? I think it's pro pinball. Is that what they call it, yeah. Tom? I don't even know. Uh, I don't think it's so. Like, it's a vacation. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the more expensive tournament, though, because it, it is. I mean, seven plays for $20, you have to make them count. So how many you, plays did you do, Travis? So I made the mistake early on. I <laughs> I got in line, and I just decided I did not want to get in line anymore. And I wasn't thinking. And I bought $160 worth of entries at at front. What? Yeah, $160. Because usually what I like to do is I like to qualify as quickly as possible. Can you go ahead and do the math for us real quick and tell us how many entries that is? Uh, Oklahoma math people. Here we go. It was was a lot. A lot. Good answer. How many many was that? Seven? 160. 5, 6. Yeah. I think it was like 40-something, right? Isn't it 8 times 7? 56? 56? Is that yeah. what it was? It was legitimately, it was about 40 too many. Like, I made a... <laughs> 42 ma- too many. Yeah, I made, I made okay. a boo-boo. <laughs> I made a big boo-boo. And let me guess, you can't, re- you can't ask for a refund on those? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice job. No, so here's what's hilarious about it. I usually never do that. I only get about $40 starting out, and then I judge... But right here, I just decided I didn't want to mess with it. And I just went ahead and just paid it up front. And I'm like, this is going to be a couple of days. It'll be fine. And yeah, all of a sudden, I played about 20 entries. And I realized, well, I'm qualified for both. I don't think I'm going to drop too much. <laughs> what do I do now? So yeah, I kind of I effed that up. Uh, sorry, but how do you qual Like, is if... Okay, so pump and dump, right? So let's say you said there's a turtles there. Well, if every single person plays turtles, let's say Travis, you play turtles, you put up a score you're proud of, you think's high. Theoretically, people could continually put up higher scores than that, right? At any moment, and then could they? Could you ever get kicked out of qualifications, or they like set a score that you have to hit to qualify? How does that? No, work? we're all playing against each other. So I think the scoring was at 100, 97, 95. I can't remember what the decay was. I think it was but, 98, 96. Was it? Could oh, be, yeah. Let me look yeah, it you're up. Right. I'll but look you're, it up. But your position of qualifying could change at any moment if people Yeah, it's going to be dynamic. Post. Yeah, yeah. But right. you said you played 20 time. games. You're like, I've already qualified. And you're saying already after 20 games, you're confident enough that your score on those 20 games is high enough to, to keep keep you where you want to be. Or you're, yes. you're good enough, is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah, because I basically I accidentally overestimated or underestimated myself. I think I did both at the same time. I don't know. Life yeah, is hard, I, Travis. Joel, I, here's yeah. what I blame. I had a couple of beers with Tom before we walked in there. Mm. And that, that's what I blame. So, I Tom... I didn't have how, any beers. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of beers. Excuse so t- me. Tom, how many how many entries did you buy? Uh, probably... Uh, I didn't even count, but over $200 Wait. worth. Oh, for real? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's the norm. I didn't see this is this is new to me. Okay, so that's I mean that's a lot of pinball though. How many? We're how many not days? Keith Elwin, Joel. Yeah, we can't but, just walk in. The other there. week, you're bragging about you be done. done. Yeah. See ya. You're, you're bragging about forty five minute games, and you know we keep giving you a hard time for that. So, but but you're saying, Travis, you you bought a hundred. What what did you just say? One hundred sixty dollars worth of pinball, and Correct. you you were happy after twenty games. Correct. And Tom just said he paid over two hundred dollars worth of pinball. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of game. I mean, I I don't know. It's just how 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 what what's your time span here? Because I know what was that at, at Expo the tournament there? If you entered the tournament, you had twelve games. I think it was twelve. Yeah, you could play twelve times. That was it, and you had to enter enter in six of the scores. Wasn't it was something like that? So I, I always thought you had like less than 20 attempts to do something, but you're saying this pump and dump. Right. Just but that's a limiter, Herb. Yeah. So to be honest with you, I, I ended up having to, I played all 56 of what I had, but legitimately I didn't really have to use my plays until the very end because I did need to use it for main in order to go from, I got knocked out of the buy. So I was like ninth and I had to play a couple last second to qualify to get a buy for playoffs. So I, I still ended up using my full 56, but in all reality, I probably could have stopped around 30 or so, wow. which okay. looking back on it, knowing what happened during finals in terms of how the bus driver worked, I probably would have stopped knowing now. And I mean, we could talk about that in a few, but yeah, I mean, that's okay. Typically I, there's, a, there's a, well, there's a yeah. lot of people that do over a hundred entries. I mean, I know somebody down there that they spent $280 on entries and they, I hope they qualified. Uh, I don't think they did. Nope. Okay. I don't think they did. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's this ongoing theory with a lot of people that aren't too familiar with pump and dumps that you can just buy your way into finals. And so that could be true for maybe one to three people, but legitimately the majority of the time, the people that make finals at these things, they're legitimate pinball players. They can play pretty well. And it's a lot of jockeying for position. It's a lot of trying to get buys when you have 24 players and you want to be in that top eight. Cause you don't want to be in that last 16 because that basically guarantees you more points and a better opportunity to make or to go further in the tournament. So, so you said you used all your plays. So you you said you had qualified, but you realized you're right on the cusp of top eight. So you went ahead and played more to get yourself to push yourself up there yeah, so you could get a buy. Yeah, I got pretty lucky. I actually had the very last play of the entire time in main qualifying, and I got in with like 20 seconds left on Beatles before it was going to be done. I ended up putting up like seven and a half million or something like that to get second place on the game, and that. That took me up to uh, tied for first. Wow. In okay. May. Yeah. So fill me on, on on who's, so obviously we know, I mean, both of you guys qualified for both tournaments, right? And then Neil, I'm assuming, Tom, your son was there. So what, who I'm, qualified I'm Neil's where? dad. Well, true. Yeah, yeah, of course. So Neil really <laughs> brought you. So wh- who ended up where? And and who else do we know? Like uh, who people on the show, was Raymond there? Raymond Davidson, was he there? No, he no, was at he, Pentastic. He was too scared to come down too the free scared. play. Yeah, he, he <laughs> went up the Pentastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, he's knew sitting at his computer right now going, what? <laughs> right, like, yeah. Yeah. Did I just hear that? Yeah. No, we, well, we were split up because Pentastic had an event going on at the same time, and they're typically a large event also up in Massachusetts. So gotcha. most of the New England players, I say most, I think 
they all pretty much stayed up there. And then there was a lot of players from that region. Whereas uh, down in free play, there was a lot of players from down there. And then a few of us spread out because there's a few California players that came out also. So, I mean, so like Carl, Carl D'Angelo, I'm trying to think of people. No, he didn't show up. Derek Price did. Okay. And then the weatherman, Eric Stone, is that his name? Yeah. Johnny was there. Uh, Stone did not play. He had to work, but he showed up every now and again, though. Okay. Yeah. When he could, hanging out. Uh, but right. Andy Rosa was there. Um, Steve Bowden. He has a son. Andy Rosa has a Bob, son. Bob yeah, Matthews. Right, right? Yeah, Little Rosa was not there, though. Yeah, Bob Matthews. Steve Jeff Teolis. Okay. Who else? Jeff yeah. Teolis from Canada. Now that they let him in, he just never wants to go home is what it sounds I know. like. I He's mean, everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, so good, I mean, good turnout. Uh, though, I mean, Mason yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, and Alex Harmon. So I mean, yeah, there was there were some excellent players. Fred Richardson, he Fred was Richardson. there. Richardson, and of course, there's some good yeah. ones too down in Florida. I think there's uh, Sebastian uh, Bobio. He was a good yes. player. Well, uh, uh, Shannon Stafford. You, you got said you tied Jeff, for first, Jeff so I just Palmer's assumed another good know, one. Yeah, you you tied for first. I just assumed the you know the turnout was kind of kind of slim or something but you know what, do I, what do I, I bought know? my way into finals yeah. that's what it was oh, uh, so nick, nick mueller as well yeah nick mueller yep so you get in so you qualify so let, i we don't have to go game by game or anything but Let's it's just game like we can just we can talk about classics if you want to because there's somebody <laughs> yeah. on this podcast that's a total asshole and i don't want to <laughs> name names or anything the one time yeah. i beat travis i'm an asshole <laughs> well let's hear it what happened where were you what what place are you fighting for what game are you playing i'll let i'll let set the nils stage da- i'll let nils dad tell the story <laughs> okay and then i'll interject yeah. when i realize yeah. that he's off in the woods so i was uh i was tied for 10th place joel with okay. five uh, five other people and Got we it. had a playoff on this game called freedom which is a em game but anyways uh I ended up taking last on that tiebreaker, and uh, that put me in with Travis's group. Okay. So uh, in the first round, uh, we'll we'll go game by game real quick. But so wait, did that put you in Travis? So Travis was above you. Travis Travis uh, qualified tied for second with Neil, and he ah. lost his tiebreaker to Neil on a game called Cosmos. Right. We More played about Cosmos. Yeah, we played Cosmos and we were just kind of fooling around because we're like, okay, we're already running late. Classics was about <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes behind at this point. Yes. We had to do a tiebreaker. So Neil and I were like, let's just do the quickest game possible. I had choice since I won the coin flip. So I picked Cosmos because I'm like, you know, I could either be an a-hole, we could do Swords of Fury and him and I can play for an hour straight and just hold up the whole thing or we can go as quick as possible. What I didn't know was apparently there was a five-way dogfight on freedom at the same time and we ended up having to wait another 30 minutes anyways but yes nice. i ended up losing to nil on a, a tiebreaker so that dropped me down to the third seed overall so third place but you're saying because tom lost he like the way the seeds worked out it was supposed to be low rank tom versus high rank Travis. right correct? because it was it was three six eleven fourteen got in the it seeds. and so Little old Tom Graff was the 14th seed. <laughs> little old Tom in our, Graff. In, okay. yeah, in our group. That's yeah. me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me what happened, Tom. Okay. So uh, Travis had first pick. So he picked the game Vector. Oh, hey. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Travis, you know, he he's talking smack. He's like, I am going to kick your ass on this game. 
I was. I told him you might as well just leave the room. Might <laughs> put up like two billion. Vector's and, the game and, that tracks your speed, right? Or like how many? Isn't there so, a display on the game so that does something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's pretty much, I'd say, all left ramp. But there's these drop targets that block the left ramp, and if you get up the left ramp, you'll you'll lock a ball, and you want to lock three balls, start multi ball, but. Got you it. can also spell hype in the middle of the play field, and that'll release balls. Hype? Uh, but you have to hit them in order. You have to spell hype in order from, gotcha. you know, left to right. And the drop targets, you want to drop them down in sequential order, too. Otherwise, another drop target bank will lift up even closer to your flippers in front of the left ramp. Yes. So I've always I've always heard this game kind of sucks, but this, I don't know, it sounds kind of cool. It's oh, it cool does. Game. It sucks. It's no, cool it game. sucks. It's no. a cool game. Neil's dad, no, it sucks. It's a horrible game. I don't know why I picked it. You picked it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so I, But here's why I picked it, though. Before we go on, okay. I picked it because group one picked Pharaoh, which would have been one of my picks. And then group yes. two, Neil picked Swords of Fury, which would have been one of my picks. Yes. So I was just like, crap, I don't want to play eight ball. How no. many crap, games are... That eight ball is evil. Yeah. There was six, I think. Well, that's it? There's only six games in the tournament? Yeah, there's never many in classics. Because it's usually only top four. Okay. So my choices were pretty pretty slim. So you picked Vector and you're ready to annihilate Tom. Yeah, exactly. So So, let's hear how it all came apart. Go ahead, Nils, (laughs) (laughs) Well, to make a long story short, uh, Travis ended up taking last on the game <laughs> and I, I took first. Well done. Thanks. Yes. It was a great game. Purely had, based on skill. I had over I a million, which, which I did not even have during qualifying, but, <laughs> but Travis did set me up for, for some balls locked and everything. So. Oh, yeah. so there's like a, uh, oh yeah, it's lock stealing. There's, there's oh, yes, yeah. yes, Joel. Yeah. Yes, and everybody had fun stealing my balls <laughs> continuously all game long. This game, I may have to Thank look into to this Sebastian, game. Thank you to Sebastian, Eric, and Neil's dad for that. <laughs> I appreciate awesome. it, guys. My my wife yeah. loves TNA just because of the lock stealing. So maybe I need to look for more games that have this. But hmm. so okay, so you pick Vector. Poor decision. So what did that do? So you were the third seed. You just lost to the fourteenth seed. Right? Did it kick you out? Well, it, it's no, three. This three is where games. it got weird. It yeah, got weird. It's right three here. games yeah. around, and the way they had the whole tournament structured was that the uh, the person that took last got first pick of either their game or position, and then it went from uh, fourth person to third person to second person to first person. Uh-huh. so this was a weird scenario so we're all thinking travis is going to pick the game well he picks his position and then the next person picks their position and then uh the next person picked their position so i was standing there like well i'm going first and i get to pick the game so i decided which wasn't a popular decision <laughs> to pick swords of fury because i pick vector again right no, you can't pick the same game in the same round again. Got it. Okay. So I picked up picked Swords of Fury, which was the longest playing game in the entire four tournaments that were going on there. Okay. All right. Joel, do you know how to play Swords of Fury? Uh, not you, competitively. No, I don't. You know I know. Stra- even casually, do you know the strategy? Isn't it you? Lo- you. It's all multi ball, right? Or no? Yeah. 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 
It's like left orbit yep. until you go it. blind or you get a cramp <laughs> and you can't flip any longer. Got it. Okay. Yep. Now, there so, were people rolling this game during qualifying. Like, wow. Look, and, and, and correct me if I mean, this is a dumb question, but like you can't, if in qualification they realize like, wow, people are, this is way too long. They can't just, between qualifying and main play, they can't like remove a post or do something to, to make the game harder. So you could during, like, after qualifying is over, you could do something to it. Okay. Before the playoffs start. Uh-huh. I guess you could technically do that, but uh, it wasn't done. Let's put it okay. that way. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> and they, they could have removed it, too, from finals. That, that's true, too. And that was I told Tom, as soon as he picked it, I said, my goal is to make sure this game does not get played <laughs> for the rest of the night. And he failed at his goal, but yeah, you so did you do well on the game. <laughs> My Travis, game is for this not to get picked, and Tom <laughs> picks it. <laughs> you did you did win it, correct? Yeah, I had yeah. 8.1 or 8.2 million after two balls. Yeah, and I ended up having the worst game on it. Because I, I did, I think I played it twice, maybe three times during qualifying. And I had pretty good games. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have one during the playoffs. Okay. So, but I, I ended up taking last and actually our group, I think we were all at three after, uh, the two games. So we're all so it's tied. basically a wash. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Yep. Yep. First two games are a wash. Now it, I took last on that game. So I had pick and this is where Travis will hate me for the rest of my life. See, this is where the crazy <laughs> shit happens. Joel. Wait, how did you get exactly? Exactly. You thank you. Pick? Even Joel's like, what? So the way that they did this, it was driving me crazy. Cause I didn't realize they were going to do this until I was down there. So the way that they had this is that even if you're a bus driver, meaning you were the top seed in your group, yeah. you were only the bus driver for the very first game. And then every game after that, it was decided in reverse order. So you basically, if you took last, you got choice of game or position on the next game. So I was in the way it panned out is we all got put in a position to where we're all tied up, yet the one that got to decide our fate was old Nils' dad, the 14 seed, <laughs> he got to decide the final game. And I knew hey, that this was going to happen. I was, was just playing happen. by the rules. You yeah, can't yeah, hold I know. it against It is me. what it is. That that was the rules. That was the rules. But we were all talking about, we were like, son of a... Like, we all <laughs> but, knew something like this was going to happen. But I agree with Travis. That is not how it should be. No, well, in a, her, in a herb, you in should herb, let the bus driver yes. be the bus driver. The only yes. time that that works to where, if you're a tournament director out there and you're thinking about running something like this, the only time that this really works, in my opinion, is if you're picking a full bank of games, of three or four games. So at Pinburg, they would do that to where the bus driver would pick the bank and they would have choice of position the very first game. And then after that, it would be reverse order finish, getting to choose the position. Right. And so that makes sense because all the games are already picked out by the bus driver. But with this, it basically made it to where your qualifying really didn't mean anything. So even if you were the top seed in your group, you got that first pick. But then after that, it's just you're leaving your fate up to whoever decides to pick what yeah. for the next game. Interesting. Okay. And so, that and, game. And the next game, yes. Was Cosmos. 
And if you don't know what Cosmos is, go ahead right now, look it up on Google, Cosmos Pinball, and now you see what type of a-hole I'm dealing with here. <laughs> so what was your thought process there, Tom, picking Cosmos? The reason I picked it was because I was number three in qualifying on it. And ah. I felt really good on that game. And He's very good at using little flippers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. very familiar and at District 82 and with them. And they're zipper flippers, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> so, but, yeah, judging yeah. by your tone, I think Tom did well at this, and Travis, you yeah. did not. So, Tom annihilated it. He had, <laughs> I think, 1,200 points after ball one or somewhere yeah, right around some, there. Something like that. Which well, the is funny, just the absolutely funniest, outstanding. The funniest thing was everybody came up to us before we started our game, Teolis, Andy Rosa, and they're like, who the hell picked this game? <laughs> and I'm like, right uh, here. Yeah. Right here. Well done. And it paid, so it paid off for you. So it, it did pay off. Didn't pay so off everybody's in the second even, round, but it paid off. But everybody was even at three. And how did, how did the, how did it, we end up then? Did that kick you out, Travis? Well, and so what happened in the game, I actually don't have anybody to blame but myself because I was down at one point by about a thousand, I think. To player, I say player I two, it was, is to uh, it was Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Right. Because I had about 300 or 400 points my first ball. I think he had like 600 or 700 and he built up a pretty good lead. And so I had to grind my way back. I had a good ball three, I think. But what I messed up on, the way that it worked is you hit one of the mushroom targets and it would light a saucer collect up top, which is basically, if you're thinking of it like a clock, it's at 11 p.m. basically. Yeah somewhere up there, up in the upper corner. And it, it's hard to hit, but I had an opportunity to hit it three or four times and I just could not get control. I couldn't get it. And I mean, that one shot right there would have been enough to get me over the top because I think I ended up losing second place by it was 88 points. Yeah. yeah, it was 88 points total. Wow. So I think second place had 2,300 even and I had 2,212 looking at it. And Tom had 2,812. So... Huh. No one to blame but me and a little bit of Tom, but so, mostly me. So what does that mean? Does that mean you're out? You're kicked out? or how does... <sighs> Yes, Joel. His classic <laughs> tournament out. is done. Yep. I, I was done. I was 11th what? place. I'm so, Joel, here's the thing. In classics, I've gotten to where I can qualify high. I did this at Cleepin to where I was the one seed overall there. Hmm. But yet, for whatever reason, I think five straight classics tournaments, I've been eliminated in the first round or in my first round, even after a buy. So if you want a guaranteed win, just be in my group for classics and you'll pretty much get through. Cause well I, done. I find ways to, yeah, to blow it up. Yeah. Well, it's done. great. So where, um, thank you. So 11th place. So I'm assuming no money, no money for you. Um, no, I think I got 75 or 85, something like that. Oh yeah. How, how no, it wasn't people, bad. How many people are in that tournament? A uh, hundred and oh, wow. okay. twenty something. Still okay. Hundred and twenty-five. I don't know. Classics so, uh, usually has a pretty good amount. There was Might only have been 105. there was only ninety in the classics. Oh really? Oh, I'm thinking the, main. Never yeah, mind. The main Sorry. was or yep. there was more. So, so Tom, right. where did you and Neil end up in in the the tournament? So I ended up. I wasn't in Neil's group. I was in uh, Andy Rosa and Sebastian's. Um, group they ended up beating me and moving on 
The funny thing was the whole thing was streamed and like I played terrible. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, so I, I got eliminated. Neil was playing phenomenal and uh, he ended up in the finals. Um, it was Andy Rosa, Sebastian and Alex Marino and Neil and Alex were tied for first after the three games of finals. And then Neil had pick and he picked Swords of Fury uh, uh, at what? One o'clock in the morning, Travis? It was late, but hey, I had two beers in my hand, so I was all for it. <laughs> and then uh, Neil Neil crushed Swords of Fury and uh, the rest is history. He, so he, he ended it. up winning classics. And it was like his birthday, wasn't it? It was his birthday. Well, technically oh, wow. not at that time, but still, <laughs> the day of, yeah, it was. That's fantastic. So he's he was totally on a high from that, yeah. That's awesome. Well, congrats to uh, Neil. Maybe we once again should get him on the podcast, but too busy apparently. So yeah, uh, he's, you know, yeah. he's he's the classics winner. He he can't waste his time here. <laughs> So, all right, so that's classic. So uh, modern then was were was were you a little more successful there, Travis? In modern, oh yeah, I got back in Neil's dad. Yes. Okay, let's see. It was it. it was like Revenge of the Sith, uh, Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. Again, it's- Travis and I played another series in the playoffs, and who picked what, and what was the outcome? Well, I'm trying to remember. So, Tom, you had. I forget, did you have a buy or did you have to play in the first round? No, I had to play in the first round. Okay. So what game what games did you have to play? Obviously you won. Uh yeah, I um I won my Turtles game. I came in third on TNA and then I won my Beatles game. Okay, I remember that. That was now. the one yeah. I came back on ball three. Right. Right, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a good game. And then, yeah, so we ended up being matched up in quarterfinals, and I think it was uh, Johnny, is it Kaylee? Kaylee. Is that how you pronounce it? Kaylee Kaylee Campbell. uh, Yep, Kaylee Campbell from North Carolina, Yes, I believe. I think that's where she's from. Yep. And then, of course, Neil's dad, (laughs) you know, so so we played, um, what did we play? We played Beatles, and I got to pick that. And I had a really good ball one. I had like 3.8 million or something like that. And then ball two and three, I just forgot how to play pinball completely <laughs> and ended with 4.9. But somehow that held up with everybody breathing those, down uh, my neck. You got to watch those iPad videos between rounds so you don't forget. <laughs> well, funny story. So I was asking a couple of people, I was like, hey, what's the line on this game? Because I didn't know the rule set really that well. I'd only played it a couple of times up until free play. And so I asked Ray, I'm like, hey, you know, what's uh, what's a good way to get a lot of points on this game just to blow it up? Just get the wizard mode. Right. That's what he replied back. He's like, just go, get the wizard mode. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just try that then. So, But yeah, we ended up playing Beatles. And then so Neil's dad ended up being in a position. So we were in a very familiar position here, just kind of what we did in classic. So he got to pick the second game. Because I took last on Beatles. And what game did you pick? Radical. 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 Radical, yep. Which was another game I felt really confident and comfortable on. I've never played it. Until I played that game. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. So all four of us in qualifying, I think we all had above 12 or 13 million. 
yeah. on it and qualifying. And I only played it a couple of times, but I felt really good on it. I had but yeah, 21 when, million on it and qualifying. Yeah, Tom just annihilated it. And I think, was it, so did Johnny have the 40 million or was that Andy Rosa? Had 40, somebody had 40 million. I know Bowden had 43. He had a big maybe, score on Maybe it. Johnny had like 15 to 18. Anyway, so everybody was doing pretty well on this Radical and it had the ROM on it, of course, to where it makes it to where your jackpot's worth 4 million or whatever that's called. So we ended up playing it and lo and behold, we probably had one of the grossest Radical games in the history of competitive pinball. It was terrible. Nobody got the multi-ball. We were all really breaking shots. We all tried to get dialed in on certain shots and just made dumb decisions like all of us across the board. And I think somehow... Kaylee ended up winning it. Right, with 4.4 million. And I squeaked out a a second place with 3.9 million, about 100,000 ahead of Johnny. And pretty much all Johnny needed to do was hit like one shot and he would have been fine. And that would have that would have changed things up a little bit. Yeah, so it was just... It was a comedy of errors, that game, nice. pretty much. So at this point, I'm pretty much out of it. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then that's when we went to Deadpool next, wasn't it? Yes. And the and the, I forget, did you pick that, or did you... I, I picked it. Okay, so, yeah, he picked Deadpool, and then I remember that Kaylee absolutely blew it up. The with, round before. Was it the round before, or was it no, on ours? No, the round no, on before, ours, she had, like, 900 million on it. Right, but on ours, she had above 500 million after ball one. Oh, yes. And then that's when Lightgate happened. (laughs) Lightgate, okay. Oh, yeah. So I got up. I was player three. Yeah, I was player three. And I get up there, and as soon as I plunge my ball, I try for the super skill shot, which is into the katana shot, the lock, right? And all of a sudden, the lights go out in the room. (laughs) And I can't see anything i'm just like what is going on i can't see the ball i don't know where it's at it it was like disco multi-ball happened oh my gosh travis's ball it was yeah it was horrible the (laughs) lights went on and off and it's like somebody was hitting the switch and next thing i know i can't see the ball and my my uh my turn's over and i look up i have eighty thousand points after bonus (laughs) i'm just like what in the world. Yeah. So, and this is a crucial game because I I have five points. Uh, Johnny has three and Kaylee has four. So, I mean, this game meant something for us to move on to the next round. And they ended up declaring it. I guess I, I forget. I think that they gave me a compensation yes. ball. But it's really weird because I really wanted a ball four added on because I wanted my weapons progress. Because as it was, I was going to play balls two and three and then have to start a new game and of course everybody's kind of consoling me and saying well you get to play two little deadpools but i'm like i don't care about the little deadpool i want my weapons because that's where a lot of the points are at yeah you know but but got lucky just played two two more balls and i think i ended up with like 255 million and that was enough to get me through so you won it even though you took you were good it took second second, but it was enough to get through yeah that's great um so Tom, you were you were the one over there flipping the switch, I assume. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, all right. So you got through. So what? So where would we end up then? So what's the what was the end result with modern? Um. Well, so long story short, because I know we're we're kind of getting a little long with this. I ended up getting through semifinals, got the finals, and ended up tying for third. Nice. Or 
Yeah, I tied for third, and then I won the tiebreaker, so I ended up winning third outright. And yes. so Tom and Neil were one and two, I assume? No. Uh, no, actually, Andy <laughs> Rosa was one, Derek Price was two, and Kaylee took fourth. Okay. See, Tom, the two where... people that knocked me out took oh, third and fourth yeah. in the tournament. Where did you end up, Tom? Uh, Tied for 15th because of my poor play in the second round. And Neil? Neil did not make it, so he... So he was just... He was yeah, still so too when classics too started from winning classics, yeah. When classics finals started, I was like twelfth in qualifying for Maine, and Neil was like twenty second, and then it's top twenty four, and uh-huh. Neil just bled out, and because he was playing the classics, classics. finals, the yeah, whole time. he committed to that. Okay, yeah. Well, all I can think of is one. I know I watched a tournament once where Andy Rosa wore a headlamp the whole time. So Travis, you should probably invest in a headlamp. Then the <laughs> light on, light off problem, no big deal. There you go. Um, yeah, problem solved. Tra- <laughs> wow, Tom is showing us a headlamp. Of course, you would have a headlamp. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, we talked about this in our pre-production meeting. First off, we're like, oh, free play Florida. We'll we'll talk about that for about fifteen minutes. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes later, here we are. But that's sorry, everybody. No, no, I think it's great. I, I think that's uh, – there's a lot of tournament talk, and, and and I've listened to many of podcasts, and I'm not a tournament player. But uh, for one thing, we've already – you know, the the tournament talk podcast out there, uh, Final Round Pinball, I think we just talked more tournament talk in the last 30 minutes than Final Round has talked about in about a year and a half. But um, I, they talk about – they throw out all these words all the time, and I and I, I – I don't know. I hopefully I learned something today. I I learned so that was good, and um, I also heard yeah that that Tom's a dick and and apparently Cosmos is not <laughs> is not the game to play if you want to still have friends. And I, uh, I got to find one of those. If you have one for sale, hit me up. Yeah, and and Travis apparently needs to buy a vector so he can actually uh, back up his 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 trash talk. Uh, I will never stop talking trash. Got it. Okay. Well. Speaking of trash, this is a terrible transition. No, um, trash. Uh, Tom, recently yes. you sold two pinball machines. And that is you correct. you bought a pinball machine. And Travis happened to also buy the same pinball machine. So uh, at the on the count of three, go ahead and say the, the machine at the same time. And in unison, it'll be really cute. You know, one, two, three. Thunderbirds. Beatles. You got you're the worst. Speaking <laughs> of Thunderbirds, apparently we actually had somebody emailed what Tom was it? Somebody emailed one of you and said they were a little upset about our Thunderbirds conversation last round because they actually liked the game. So I thought that was funny. But it was David Dennis. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so um Beatles. You Beatles. guys yes. you both yes. played Beatles. Travis, you said you had not played Beatles much before Free Play Florida. What was it about playing it at Free Play Florida that made you say I actually want to buy this pen. It was just, it's a fun tournament game. I mean, the rule set is pretty simple, but yet it's something that's challenging. It's easy to, easy to learn, hard to master. So it's something that you, you have to put together. It's, I mean, it's just hearing the music, seeing the sounds that I like the shots because it's kind of like Sea Witch with some small nuances to it now. Thanks to, I, I think it was George Gomez that made some of the changes. And I think who's on software, I think it's Dean Grover that's on software. So I'm very impressed with how the game played overall. And I was just pleasantly surprised. I had less than five games on it total before free play. And I just found myself taking extra plays on it during the tournament just because I just felt like playing it. 
Like I wasn't even trying to get a high score. I was just having a good time. And then it was funny because at the very end of the tournament was when we could actually hear the sound. Ah. So I ended up picking it as the very last game to play just because I wanted to hear the sound. I was already out of the tournament, but I wanted to hear what it actually sounded like. And I was pleasantly surprised. So it sounds yeah, like I mean, uh, it, Beatles songs. Yeah, yeah it, it was definitely, definitely Beatles songs <laughs> on the, Imagine that. on the Beatle. Yep. Nice. And Tom, what, what, I mean, was it just, Oh, Travis is getting one. So I want to get one too. Is that, no, actually <laughs> I contacted Travis about it and he's like, I'm getting one too. But yeah. uh, it, it, we were just the... like, have we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, are you getting a Beatles? No, you don't want me in your friend group. You've uh, already told me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty You're much not the a tournament same, player. Pretty much the same reasons Travis said. I mean, it, it is a really good tournament game. And I mean, I kind of discovered it really at Expo that it was good. Uh, but I know Travis wasn't there. But, uh, you know, just having it in the last two tournaments uh, really turned my head around to it. Interesting. Well, all your tournament players out there, I mean, it sounds like uh, if, if this is a surprise to you, apparently give Beatles a shot. I know Raymond just recently bought, Raymond Davidson bought himself uh number one pinball player in the world. He just bought himself a Beatles for to have at home. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of love. I, I, I've, uh, from what I've heard, I think Beatles would have sold way more if the price wasn't where it's at. Um, but it, it, cause it is a pricey pin. Um, with that said, all pins are getting, <laughs> getting to be that price. So maybe not so much anymore, but, um, good observation there, Joel. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, nothing's getting by you today. I am, <laughs> I am quick. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so Tom, for you to buy a game, I know your your basement's filled. So for you yes. to buy a game, you typically have to sell a game. And um, I see uh, you've sold two games recently. So well, it seems I sold, what, I sold two because Godzilla came, and yep. uh, you know, two things had to go basically. Sure. And what I think is interesting is when I look at the two pins you sold, they kind of, in my mind, kind of match two games you bought. So you just bought a Beatles. So the game you sold that is very similar to Beatles is actually in my mind, TNA. Um, you, you sold your TNA music pin, single level pin, um, quick comparison there. I mean, why, uh, I mean, why, why'd you sell TNA? Um, I mean, I, I really like TNA, but, uh, you know, it, I've had it for what, four years and I pretty much know the game backwards and forwards. So, I, I just didn't see the reason to keep it around anymore. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So makes sense. Um, but the surprising thing here is the other pin you sold. And, and, and the reason I want to, what I'm going to say here is we're going to transition to, um, our current view of the top 10 pin side list. And, um, this, this is actually a very unique situation because, all of us have played Godzilla. Travis, I mean, tr- Tom owns uh, Godzilla uh, LE, of course, elitist, and I and I am currently borrowing a Godzilla Pro. And Travis is playing the heck out of uh, the Godzilla that he has near him, and it's um, we all are like in love with this game. This game is incredible, and uh, if you look at the pin side top one hundred as of November 29th, Godzilla is number one. That's not unheard of. Most new games, you know, the LE buyers, Tom being one of them, is quick to like 10 out of 10 in every category. This is the best thing that's ever happened ever. So it's not uncommon for the newest game out to be the number one game. But um, what I would like to discuss is the number two game 
well, what normally is sitting at number one is Medieval Madness. And it always seems like brand new pin comes out, boom, number one. And then Medieval Madness replaces it. it medieval Madness always ends up back at the top. Um, and what I would like to discuss is, in, in my opinion, I think Godzilla could dethrone Medieval Madness as number one. And what's an interesting situation is, Tom, you just got your Godzilla LE, and the game that you just sold happens to be Medieval, Medieval Madness. Madness. <laughs> so so why, Tom, why was Medieval Madness the other game you sold? You know, again, I've had it for so long. I probably had it since like 2008, 2009. So I've had it a long time. And uh, I, of course, back then I swore, no, oh, I'm never getting rid of this game, you know, kind of thing. And um, honestly, it just just wasn't resonating with me anymore um i i it was just sitting there so you know i i I got tired of beating on the castle door and you know blowing up castles um do i think it's a really good game i i still do uh but i've i just have my fill of it you know uh and new stuff's coming in and you know, code-wise on these newer games, there's just so much more to do on them. And being in the home environment, uh, I just, you know, you look at Medieval Madness, you look at Godzilla, and uh, something had to go. You know, certainly I could have sold some other games of my collection, but there's other stuff I wanted to keep around. I think that's a fair statement. Um, I, I don't know, I just, I thought that was really unique because... In my mind, I ask myself, I ask, why is why is Medieval Madness number one? Why and maybe maybe before I give my explanation, oh Travis, I was about to go to Travis, but Jarvis just gave me the finger and <laughs> had to go, go get to another me. Mountain Dew. Um <laughs> well sure, Tom, why do you think why is it that Medieval Madness has reigned supreme at the top of the list? What is wow, it about it's... that game that keeps it at number one? It's a cool game. I mean, you have you have the castle for one thing. I mean it's a it's probably one of the best toys in pinball. You know, you got the you got the gate in front of the castle, yeah. and then you have the the uh, well, you have the drawbridge, drawbridge. Yeah, yeah, and then you have the gate, and then you know, shooting in there, the castle explodes. It's an awesome toy, um, and then the humor of the game is yeah. fantastic. So Travis apparently forgot how to sit on a chair. He he went. I he, think I just broke my chair. Oh Lord! He went. And got, <laughs> I I just broke it. He he got his. I was he's got his why you were Dew. laughing. Oh, diet mountain. I thought Dew. he was okay. laughing at me. Yeah. No, no, I accidentally <laughs> snapped my arm to my chair and I fell off. Oh wow. Okay, we're no. good. Yeah. We're good. Sorry Once again, guys. Reasons why we need to have video, but oh but, my god. But Tom, okay, so maybe let's see if Travis, you can add anything to this. Why the question is why is why is medieval madness or why has medieval Madness reigns supreme at number one for so long. And Tom said it has probably one of the best toys ever and yeah. humor. Yep. Yes. Yep. Is that All those it? Things. Well, well that, and it's easy to play. Okay. I mean, you, you can make it super hard by waxing it down and getting the pitch higher, but overall, I mean, it's, it's one of those games to where again, you can explain the rule set in 30 seconds and you can tell somebody brand new. If, if they come up to the pen, you're just like, Hey, Shoot it up the middle. Yep. Hit the castle all day long. Catch it and hit some other shots, and eventually you'll start some multi balls. I mean, that's 
that's really the the crux of the whole rule set on that is if you hit the same shot multiple times, then you'll light a multi-ball at that saucer or whatever you want to call it. So something like that, it's just easy for new players to understand. And when they can make something happen in the game, yeah. that's very noticeable. Yeah. That I mean, that draws a lot of people in. That's just that's just how pinball is. So here's my argument, right? So if we look at Godzilla and we ignore almost all of the game, like if we focus only entirely on the building, the building, like Godzilla has the rules of Godzilla is absurd and it's only going to get better. There are so many different multi-balls. There are so many unique shots in that game. And that that's, that's awesome for us pinball people. But if we look from a novice level and we look only at that building, you just said in Medieval Madness, all you have to do is hit that, hit that, you know, you hit it enough, boom, drawbridge comes down. You hit it enough, boom, the gate goes up. You hit it up the middle, boom, you blew it up. You happen to hit a little bit to the left of that, you can get to a multi-ball. Like, it's super easy to explain to a novice person. But the building on a premium or LE of Godzilla, you can do the exact same thing. You can tell a novice person, hit that building enough. What happens? It lowers down. You hit that enough, again, you're going to see the balls lock on top of the building and you hit it again and boom, you're in a multi-ball. Like, I think we may have finally found a mech that in my mind can potentially compete with the Medieval Madness castle. And that is huge. I think that's huge to have in a game that I think the... Why, why are we that, pointing to Mountain Dew? That's fair, Joel. Oh, that's fair. Okay, but that's that's my like. I have the pro, and and unfortunately, the pro doesn't have that. It doesn't have the uh, the raising and lowering mech. But the pro is really showing me all these other things about Godzilla that are incredible, that are really really neat and fun, and and I don't have to get into those. But but just focusing on the building alone. There, in my mind, I think there might finally be a mech that can compete with the Medieval Madness Castle. And it's just as easy to explain. It does just as cool. Like, it may not blow up, but it raises and lowers. You can, the multi-ball's right there. It's easy to explain. It's all right there in the building. Um, and then, Tom, you had mentioned humor. I don't know about you guys, but they they really went all in on campiness. And yeah, Godzilla is yeah. hilarious. Godzilla is yeah, so funny. funny. And to be honest, most of the time in code, it's only at 0.81 right now. And you know there's going to be plenty of rules. But what typically ends up being added, like what are the main things that are added towards the end of the code? It's typically more light shows and more clips, like more video clips or more sound clips. In my mind, I think the humor level of this game is only going to increase. Like, I think they're only going to add more content. And so, I I mean, Deadpool's hilarious. In my mind, I think Deadpool is a hilarious game. That may be one of the funnier games out there. Mm -hmm. But I am really surprised with how much fun I have with Godzilla. And, like, my brother-in-law came over and, like, he was laughing at the game. And while I'm playing, looking at the clips and stuff. So, in my mind, what is it about Medieval Madness? Who What... It, you said it's the mech and it's the humor. And I, I just personally think Godzilla can go toe-to-toe with that and might actually stay at number one, if not top three. Okay, my know. my wife, who doesn't play pinball at all, played Godzilla and she liked it. Hey. Like, I, I didn't think somebody like my wife would say something like that. 
There you go. Yeah. I mean, there's a ringing endorsement right there. Zach Minnie. <laughs> that's how you sell games right there. Tom's wife. No, it goes Nils' dad's wife <laughs> yeah. approves of this game. We can't just nope. go with Neil's mom to remove Neil. <laughs> yeah, remove that's Tom true. We can, we, yeah, let's just get yeah. Tom completely out of the picture. Yeah. But no, it's, so it's exactly what we talked about a few weeks ago, Joel, on one of your streams when we were talking about Godzilla. Yeah. And I said even there that I think quite possibly we're looking at a game that will most likely be considered the greatest of all time when it's all said and done. And I think uh, that Rush we're still looking at that. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. But yeah. I mean, so and there's a lot of reasons for that. Now, it, it's still it's fascinating to me when you look at a Godzilla compared to a Twilight Zone or compared to. I don't know, even a creature or something like that, just uh, different types of layouts that aren't necessarily your traditional fan layout. You know, it's something that's very dynamic. And what I find interesting about the building in general is not only the fact that it moves up and down, but it can alter your shots too. And that right there is something that's very unique. And I know that the newbie player might not appreciate that because they might not even realize what they're seeing, but somebody that is fully into pinball, they're going to notice that. And that dynamic right there is huge in of itself. Yes. And then on top of that, whenever I got a chance to play the premium and whenever I saw how the balls get locked up and just the sound going off with the blue oyster cult Godzilla song and all that, it added to that atmosphere. And it was just, when we talk about pinball moments, that to me is a pinball moment. And for me yeah. personally, after destroying the castle several times over the course of my pinball career, I, for me, I'm more excited to see the building than I am the castle. And, and a lot of that is, is not just the mech itself. It's everything that's included with it. It's the sound, it's the music, it's what happens right afterwards, because you know, if you destroy that building, something good's going to happen and you end up getting a lot of shots lit where with medieval madness, if you destroy the castle, well, really all that happens after the castle does its little blow up thing, you go right back to doing the yeah. same exact thing again. Yep. And I think that's the big difference is Godzilla gives you a chance to breathe and it gives you plenty of other things to do and then come back around to that building. And I think what's really cool about it is when you look at the medieval madness mech, what's added in with that is that ball lock that's right there to the left. Right. So it kind of gives you something else to do. But with Godzilla, you have that magna grab or whatever it's called, yep. you know. Yep. And so there's something right there that's kind of added in with it that may not be attached to it as it was in Medieval Madness. But you still do have to utilize the building in order to get it back there anyway. So I really like how that is. And there's just I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff added on with it that really brings it together. And for me, it's a good experience that I don't think is going to get old anytime soon. I'm, I'm with you. And I, that what surprised me when I saw the initial stream and I was like, Oh wow. He put this crazy mech right up the middle. Like, okay, am I going to have to destroy this building every single time I play? Like every single time you play medieval madness, you are focusing on destroying castles. Like that is a key aspect of the game. The reality is the way that Keith has coded this game like that's just one multi-ball. There's so many other multi-balls in the game. You don't oh, yeah. have to prioritize that 
first, or you may not even do that. Like it's not the main focal point of the game. There's bridge multiball. There's tank multiball. There's Mecha Godzilla multiball. Bridge alone is an awesome mech. Mecha Godzilla is an is an awesome mech, and it's just that's. I, I don't know. I think he's he's added this mech, and you're saying it's an amazing moment. What's great is it gives you a, a chance to breathe because it's before a multi ball. It's not a single ball moment. It's the start of a multi ball. Um, what Travis? You I well, don't want you to know, lose you your you actually just hit the nail on the head right there of why that this should be the number one pin, and why it most likely will stay because the big difference between Godzilla and a lot of these other pins is that if you really break down the different areas of the Godzilla playfield. Each has its own little ecosystem of something to do. Yeah. And it's always interesting. It's not boring. Like the left side with the floating flipper, not boring. The right side with the pop bumper and the scoop, even though I hate scoops, but this actually makes sense yeah. where it's at. It's not boring. It's a fun shot to hit. Where Mecha Godzilla is on the premium and LE, that's not boring at all. And you know what? Hitting that spinner right there, even on a pro, is still fun. The yes. way that you can combo the ramps is fun. The way that you can hit the heat ray center um, center spinner is yep. fun. The way you can do the loops is fun. It, it, it's hard to find a spot on this play field in which it's not fun. I mean, hell, even the in lanes become fun because <laughs> oh, that's how you get your jet, jet fighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is crazy to me how much in this game there is when you really break it down section by section. Even on the left side, it's kind of that Mazer Cannon is exactly where the idol is from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And that's an interesting shot. And there's parts of the game that forces you to go that direction. And that's what I like about the rule set as well, is it does make you go horizontal in order to make progress in so certain modes. Side so side side, yeah. Yep. So just to confirm, Tom, the reason your wife liked the game was because of the inlanes, right? That's the yeah, that's that what she's into. Uh, it's all about those inlanes. <laughs> Best inlanes. She was shats on them. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. Hey, there's there's yeah. something. I'm pretty yeah. sure there's something in the game, or there at least is. there's something coming to where you need the shats no, to the right end. I read right? a rule. Yeah, if you start, it's like if you start a mode or you you change your shit your city by shatsing through the right end lane up into the scoop, it's worth something extra. Like. You it's can, something stupid like that. That's phys- physically possible. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, you can, or maybe it's something like that. It's it's you have to shats through the right, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you have to shats through the left to start the maser la- the maser cannon, or I don't. It's something uh, like that. that I mean, yeah, let's figure this out. Okay, so what's the most boring part to the pin on the playfield? Because if you think about any other game, you can pretty much say what part it doesn't hold any water to the rest of it pretty quick. I mean, the, the Mazer cannon doesn't, it's not necessarily a shot that, that gives you any joy. Like what's cool though, right next to it is a spinner, which is fun to rip. Spinners are always fun to rip, but, um, I, so basically one shot out of the whole entire game that you're yeah, kind of like, every, eh, on. I don't, I mean, we, <laughs> the, the point, of, the reality is I think the three of us, we could spend the next 30 minutes talking about each individual section of Godzilla and why it's awesome. And I don't, right. I, we don't have to do that. But, but what I'm getting at is now let's compare it to medieval madness. Oh yeah. You see what I mean? I yeah. mean, it's like for me, the cannon or what is that? Not the, the cannon, the catapult. Yeah. That. I mean, it's, it's whatever. I mean, the orbits are orbits, you know? I mean, uh, maybe the right ramp can be fun when it opens up and you can go all the way. I mean, that's that's about it. The saucer shot, I could yeah. care less. I, I don't like that shot. 
at all. Well, the trolls you know, are so. cool. The trolls are cool. Yeah, sure. If okay, trolls. Yeah. Yeah. The the two things that come up and everybody's like, oh crap, it's in the way. It's in the way. <laughs> but it's, yeah. But they're cool. I mean, from a novice standpoint, though, what is it? What is it that like my friends and family drink your drink? Uh, what is it that they like? They they want to see those mechs. They want to see something like a something change on the play field and yep. you know they step up to medieval madness they see the castle oh that's cool i want to do that again or the trolls pop up they're like oh that's neat uh, obviously godzilla this is what i think's weird is is so you got the building you can show them that and then you can show mecha godzilla on a premium you can show all that spins and oh you can hit them in the little tummy which is what dennis <laughs> referred to it as you could show them how the bridge moves to be honest for a novice to get to a bridge multi-ball though would be impressive um there's a few different things, but I do think, and this is, you probably guys aren't going to like this, but believe it or not, my, my brother-in-law, when he came over and we were playing Godzilla, he, he looked, he's like, what's with the QR code? Like he asked what that was about insider connected. And I was like, I explained to him what it was. He's like, Oh, okay. Well then I was playing and I got an achievement. He goes, okay, how do I sign up for this? And he did, he pulled out his phone. And he signed up for Insider Connected right there. Like he saw me get an achievement and saw that and goes, well, I want to do that. And what's unfortunate is it actually took like over 10 minutes for him to get the confirmation email for him to sign up. So like the level of entry for somebody brand new to sign up for the platform isn't instant. It was he was like checking his email as we were still playing (laughs) and he finally got it. And then he got in. And then that was all he wanted to do is he's like how do I get an achievement? And it's like, well, let's try to get you to start a multi-ball. And he played a game and boom, he got that achievement. And he's like, well, let me, let me do another achievement. So it's me next to him. I mean, it pushed him to play the game another 20 minutes because he wanted to get a few of the easy achievements. So I just think from a novice standpoint, I mean, it's maybe Stern's kind of smart. <laughs> and between Keith Elwin designing amazing games and, this insider connected. And so I just, uh, uh, yeah, everybody's sick of hearing this. Cause that's what I think every podcast has been for the last month, but like Godzilla is legit. Godzilla is legit. And it's, I think it's here to stay. And I think it may stay in the top 10, if not top three for it, oh, quite a while. It won't drop out of the top five. I, I don't see any way possible. It'd have to be review bombed by, some deep root stand that just <laughs> wants to take take the world down. I just don't see it happening. But I will say about the Insider Connect, because I know we've talked about it a little bit here and there. Yeah. I will say just from firsthand experience, or at least witnessing this, my two sons that are 11 and 12, they can't get enough of it. Hey. For them, it resonates because they're fully into the PC and Xbox culture achievements and all that. And when they see something like that, what I've noticed, and I haven't pushed it on them, they're figuring out the rule set along the way and they're talking about it and they're like, okay, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And that's one of the things that's kind of like a side effect of, and I'm sure Stern planned on this, of achievements themselves is that it forces you to explore different parts of the game yeah. that you otherwise might not think of if that achievement wasn't there. Yep. So, I mean, that's definitely a good side effect. And I find that even my kids, they're enjoying the game a lot more. And that's another big reason why I decided to get a Beatles because it's supposed to come with the Insider Connected also with achievements and all that. So nice. I'm very interested in all that for sure. So Tom, you I'm assuming you know this. So currently I'm, I'm, I'm having my basement. It's all the drywalls hung. It's currently being mudded. So I am, I'm actually sitting in my unfinished basement area. All my games are surrounding me, uh, but they're all folded up. They're all wrapped up, folded up. So I haven't actually played anything in like well over a week and a half. But 
they just dropped all the new code for all the other games. So like Deadpool, Turtles, a bunch of other games got code updates and the code updates include Insider Connect. Well, nobody has Insider Connect. They haven't shipped any of the Insider Connected stuff to anybody. Nobody has it. But what you can do is you can actually take the Insider Connect QR code reader out of your Godzilla and plug it into your Deadpool or your Turtles or whatever, install the new code update, and it will see that QR code reader. So there are people, it's funny, there's all these Godzilla owners out there that are taking their QR code readers out of their Godzilla and moving it game to game to game to game and like getting achievements in other games. I Have you... Did you know that? And have you thought about doing that? That sounds it like a lot else? of work, Joel. <laughs> so no, no is the answer. Yeah. But I, I, it has really shown me though. I mean, for people that are on the fence of like, do I want to spend $200 on a, on an insider connected kit? It sounds like all you got to do is buy one. You only have to buy one. And I guarantee somebody will probably 3d print something It'll be like a little box that you could put your, you know, Lermods or Mesomods or whoever wants to listen to me talk, you know, make a box that fits your little QR code reader. Here's what I would do. But For Travis- the record, Stern, I am not going to do that. <laughs> My name is Travis Murray. Okay. I will not do that. Uh, uh, uh. Joel might, though. No, nah, I only you have got, two You guys games. Send, send the feds to Joel, please. I'm getting it for both, but... There's a, <laughs> there's a place you can put it probably on the coin door where the bill acceptor you, would go. You probably could, but I'm saying if you wanted to make a portable one, it looks like it's just a, what is it, like a Cat5 cable, and you just run one of those, an extra one, stick it out of the bottom of your game, and I mean, there are people, you know people will be doing that, but I think that's huge. I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but I just, well, I think it's for the home use owner, for the home use buyers. I think that the fact that that is even doable, I think there's going to be a lot more people now buying at least one kit and they're going to be hunting these achievements at home. Well, and let's face it. I mean, Stern is pretty much, aren't they making that for a location? I mean, yeah, it's well, not necessarily for a home user. I mean, a home user can use it, but yeah, you only get half the points, right? You only get half the points, <laughs> or as you, or in Travis's world, you get double points on location. That's how that's how he <laughs> that's how he likes to look at it. But it's that's right. I do know. I mean, I do know it's possible, and I do know there's people doing it. So I, I, you know, it's still Insider Connect has been released, but it's still just slowly, barely trickling out. Um, and I think they had like a production of Iron Maidens recently that actually home use buyers have have got their games that now have Insider Connect. But I don't I don't really know of any other games that have been produced since Godzilla that have that built in yet. Um, yeah, but, like like Travis said before, he he bought his Beatles with Insider Connect. I decided to do the same. Got it. Because so, I think didn't zach so this is zach mini at flipping out pinball didn't he say he had a few beetles in stock so you didn't buy anything in stock you were purposely so when i talked to zach he had one in stock i don't know if he still has it but he said hey just so you know they're going to be making more with the insider connect you know it's a little more money but sure um yeah i just decided to go with the insider connect one and when are those being made are those this year or next year don't know okay pretty soon i'd hope yeah I, well, i'm assuming it, uh i think within the next couple of months yeah but, but is not there a positive, price but i think it is i know beatles had a unique price already but is was there a price increase like did beatles 
move its price based on three hundred dollars more than a yeah but it's not like what was it they were showing like turtles and mando and every all the other pros are going up to a godzilla pro price come january 1st i mean pricing is pricing i think we're gonna find just like we talked about in the last one it's gonna be dynamic Oh, okay. across the board right. now 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 that a lot of these distributors are figuring out that they're not getting the allotments that they thought that they were going to get sure i am sure a lot of them realize that they got a price a little bit differently otherwise they're going to be out of a game pretty quick yeah, yeah. Or out of stock pretty quick yeah. so now, i mean pricing is kind of all over the place to the distributors and say you can only sell your games at msrp Absolutely. Uh, Stern Stern as a distributor or as the wholesaler or as the manufacturer, sorry, as a manufacturer, they could go ahead and put a price ceiling on it. Now, yeah. the thing is, it's not necessarily in their interest to put a price ceiling on it. Sure. Because the bottom line is, is the way that prices are going, it makes it to where they can justify putting out Elvira 40th anniversary to where there's no MSRP. Uh, it it makes crazy. it to where which there's... Which is crazy. Right. It's crazy. Right. And it makes it to where they're justified putting out something that's probably coming out next year that everybody pretty much knows what I'm talking about at this point. So, I mean, some companies would want to put a price ceiling on it, but I think at this point, it wouldn't make much sense for Stern to do that. No. Yeah. In this way, because there's so they, their distribution is so much too. They have so many distributors and dealers, or whatever you want to call them. I, I personally think that there's too many out there. But as it is, it's it's like once that's out of you know Pandora's box, you're not going to put it back in. Yeah. Because what? what's going to happen if they put a price ceiling? It would basically make it to where all the small dealers would be absolutely annihilated. They would get destroyed. And it, it would put a lot of people out of business really quick because if they sell through, yeah, they get the profit off that. But then guess what? They're sitting there with no inventory. When you have no inventory, you can't make any sales. And when you go a few months in between getting getting product, I mean, it's, it makes it awfully difficult. So imagine them telling somebody, well, the LEs are 10.5. You better not sell it for 15 and get that extra five yeah. or whatever it is. You know, I mean, that's... That's a lot of money. And just like we estimated before, I mean, we did the numbers and there's some companies that legitimately with without doing dynamic pricing, they cost themselves a quarter of a million dollars probably last year. And that's not chump change at all. I mean, that's when you're talking about raising co- or rising costs in raw materials and when you're talking about a lack of inventory, you need money to keep your business healthy. You need money to make sure that you make it through whatever you need to make through. So, I mean, I just don't see a price ceiling coming up. I, I think it, it wouldn't be the smartest decision to do at this point. Yeah. Which is, I mean, as a buyer, it's unfortunate. <laughs> It'd be nice if we can keep these things, you know, dialed it like uh, in uh, capped. That would be very nice, but uh, I get it. I also understand from a sales perspective, I, I, I would understand why they won't do it. But, well, I... Yeah, just looking at time, we we had plans of of discussing the whole top ten. I, all all I'll say is making making one quick comment. Keith Elwin right now he has four games. All four of his games are in the top ten. And and if you look at the you look at the top ten, there's a lot of modern games. A lot of a bunch of you know JJP's modern games are right there. And it's just it's clear the games that have come out in the last few years have really come in and disrupted, you know, these classics that have held these top 10 standards for a long time. And, uh, Keith Elwin is, um, if you haven't heard of the guy, if you're new to pinball, Keith Elwin, this guy has proven 
he can design a pinball machine and um and he's yeah, not bad at I, playing I, them I, either true well i think <laughs> what's most interesting about it too is that there's three designers right now that are still active that have multiple pins that are high up and that's eric is elwin yep. and brian eddy yeah you know, I mean, so there's there's still a lot of pinball to be had in the future. Well, technically, Gomez, too. I mean, Gomez yep. is, he's not yep. supposed to be designing, but yet Deadpool's up there. Monster Bash is up there. Right. Lord of the Rings is up there pretty high. Like, Gomez knows how to design a game. So if, if, if we're looking at that, who are these designers that are really crushing it? It's, yeah, Brian Eddy, uh, Eric Minor with uh, JJP, Keith Elwin, Stern, and and gomez was stern so pretty crazy stuff uh pretty crazy stuff um i have no transition but one of the things i don't uh, who's i i don't know whose idea this was i think it was travis's neil's dad neil's dad neil's dad's idea idea. we were talking music pins and so travis gave us homework and said hey come come prepare that was uh, me who gave us idea okay jeez that was tom okay tom Tom, did tom gave us homework he wanted us to come prepared for a list of your top five music pins. And we then we were discussing how do we share this? And we decided, okay, let's just go around and list out the the music pins or the bands that we think could would make sense to have a music pin. And maybe collectively, the chance of this going well is very small. But collect, maybe between the three of us, we can somehow agree on what we feel are five bands or or pins that would make sense to make as as music pins and you can't do pins that have already been done or rumored to be coming out yeah. like rush and queen exactly. well queen is has already queen's been built, already been out technically it's it's already been said and then yes one of my honorable mentions it makes sense rush it's not confirmed yes. but it is pretty clear it that better be a, made there's I'm a good chance everybody's ass the next <laughs> The next stern pin is going to be Rush. So, um, believe it or not, the list that I'm most interested to hear is actually Travis's. So, Travis, let's let's start with you. Uh, no, never mind. Screw you, uh, Tom. <laughs> you, this is your this is your game, Tom. We'll start with you. That way, we can okay. end on whatever insanity Travis brings to the table. So, tr- Tom, what what do we got? What's your All what's right, your I'm list? gonna go. I'm gonna go five. Loser kids, please come save me. Please. <laughs> I'm a free agent. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My number five was Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Solid band. Got it. A lot my of num- albums. Well liked. Yeah. My number four was Motley Crue. Okay. My right. number three was Foo Fighters. Good choice. My yep. number two is The Who. And I want to hear that there Tommy is a who game is yeah. not there's not the who. That is the theatrical version of Tommy. So oh, okay. I want the who band. Okay. All encompassing. Yeah, yeah. Which band? The who. Got yeah. it. Okay. I see I see what you attempted to do there, Travis. And, and uh, my number one I just like hearing him say the who. <laughs> <laughs> And my number, number one, one, since you know, Rush is off my number one list, uh-huh, would, uh-huh. would be Van Halen. Ah, uh, okay. So, okay. Before we get into Travis's list, my question is: What makes a good music pen? 
because when I think of good music pins, the four that pop into my head are ACDC, Metallica, Led Zeppelin, and Guns N' Roses. Those are the four that pop into my head. Am I missing one? Am I missing something glaringly obvious as a good music pin? Kiss has gotten a lot better. Kiss. Okay. But when we look at those, so five, we look at those five, what is it about those, like, what is it that makes it a good music pin versus just a pin that happens to be themed on a band? Or what, what's, what's a bad music pin? What would be a bad one? The original GNR? Is that, would you consider that a bad music pin? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Or one. maybe what separates okay. out of those five, what do you feel is the best of those five? I mean, the most well liked, if you look at the list, would be GNR, right? I think, I think the think best so. on that list yep. would probably be Metallica. But Metallica that's, is, that's my personal. But Metallica, preference. and I agree, Metallica is a fantastic game but the truth is metallica just has a handful of metallica songs and the reason people love metallica right is typically sparky the toys and then the fact that the code is so unique with the risk reward right i mean i don't know is it just happened to be i feel like you could retheme metallica relatively easily and there are people that take metallica and swap out the songs all the time yeah i mean that's the way i feel about iron maiden I feel like I you could put any band on there. I just figured well, you were just ignoring Iron Maiden. I, know, so I, yeah, I just I played totally, along with it. Totally I'm going to go hang but myself. Beatles, right? Beatles is a great <laughs> Beatles is a great music pin, and you guys just bought one. Um, but I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Like, how do you make a music pin? Like, how do you do that well? And I think when I think of modern stuff, I think of like Led Zeppelin. I think Led Zeppelin has done a very good job where, sure, you can say what you want about the layout or the toys or the mechs that are in or not in the game. But I think Led Zeppelin did a good job where there's there's a fair amount of songs and each song has a very unique uh, rule set and the way that the songs flow one into the other and the other, I mean, you really feel you are rocking out when you are playing Led Zeppelin. Like it, it it's a great experience. Yeah. And then GNR takes that to a whole new level where it is, you are at the concert, right? You have the light show, you have 21 different songs. The GNR Guns N' Roses is the core of the game. Some people say that's that's all that's in the game. They don't really care about the rules or the layout or anything, but the light show and the music, that's what makes the game. Right. So I don't, at least me, when I was thinking in my head, what's a music pin that I want to play. I am thinking about what, what bands put on a good show that could bring visuals to the game, that could bring a light show to the game that can bring high energy to the game. Because the truth is, I think you could take most bands and if you give it a killer rule set like like uh, Metallica, you could make them. Or even Iron Maiden. There's a lot of people that don't like Iron Maiden at all. But Keith Elwin gave it an awesome layout and some really good rule set and made that game really well loved. Um, True. So what special, like how do you, what makes one band more, like why did those bands make your list, Tom? Was it just popularity or is it because you feel like, I don't know, the energy that they bring to the pen? What? Yeah, I think it's more so energy. Like, okay. uh, you know, certain, certain songs I think are better for, for pinball, but, uh, okay. you know, so I'm, I'm not going to play, uh, you know, I don't know, my Inya? little pony. <laughs> Inya, the, the, the Inya. pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the um, Kenny G pin is going to go Kenny gangbusters. G, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 
or like I I get you. I I understand. Like Adele is one of the most popular artists, you know, in the U.S. But I that's not going to work well for Pinball Machine. Um, I don't. Know. I'm going to go second just because I like. I want to. Um, so hold. Just keep staring at your iPad, Travis. Um, <laughs> with all of my little rant there, when when I first saw GNR, I I said that pin that light show is absurd. And they did an amazing job bringing in all of the concert animations and concert footage. And it truly feels like you were at the concert. You were at the concert. So in my mind, when I first saw that, I was like, too bad it's Guns N' Roses, though, because I don't really like Guns N' Roses. But in my mind, who? what's a band that puts on the same level of light show and rock and amazing concert experience? And I don't know. Maybe I'm... Uh, Maybe have you guys ever heard of the band Muse? M U S E Muse. I haven't. Yep. Muse, they I'm are in they are incredible. They are a current they are a modern rock band that they I mean they've sold out Wembley. I mean they they're incredible and I've seen them live, but they put on truly an amazing like rock show experience, like visual experience. And so that's why in my mind that was my number 1, Muse, because okay. I don't think they're popular. Like they're not, they're, they're not popular enough to be Van Halen. They're not, they can't beat that. They can't beat Motley Crue. They can't beat anything that you just mentioned, but they visually bring something insane to a, a, a concert. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are asking for modern bands. Like they don't want the dad rock bands. They want modern bands. So I was right. thinking what's a modern band. So my list was actually Muse was number one. Foo Fighters was on that list. Ooh. Foo Fighters, once again, puts on an amazing show. They're a modern band. I think you're onto something right there. Red Hot Chili Peppers, same thing. I would consider them a modern band. They put on an amazing show. That fits into that. Another band that I actually think fits well, once again, into modern rock bands that put on a really good show is Linkin Park. Now, Linkin Park is not, I don't love them. I don't listen to them anymore, but there's a joke that anybody under the age of 40 at some point in time, your favorite band was Linkin Park. That's the joke. And there's truth to it. Like I loved Linkin Park when I was in high school, but I think they have an amazing discography. They're a solid rock band. They've got plenty to pull from. I don't, I think they're popular enough. I think Linkin Park could potentially make sense. And then my last band, which is, we've talked about this before is let's say we avoid rock. Well, what's another high energy music genre? And I, I'm going to go electronica. And so if you're going to go electronica, this is to me, I've called TNA a a music pin before and people poo poo that they say, no, it's not. But what, if I think of electronica band that would fit that type of pin, what electronica band in my mind has one of the best discographies that you could pull from, and that's Daft Punk. Like, yep. I understand Tron is already a Daft Punk game. And there are people that own Tron be- just because it's a Daft Punk game. But if there was a dedicated Daft Punk game, the visuals and the audio that you could bring into that game, the Daft Punk Alive mm-hmm. Tour is insane. And there's plenty of other electronic bands out there that could have good pins. But if I'm going to go with one with name recognition... I kind of feel like Daft Punk leads the charge there. So that was my five good with list. my with my honorable mentions being would which were Rush, but then Pink Floyd, obviously Pink yes. Floyd rock band with a ridiculous visual and light show, and then Tool. I understand Tool's music is very chill, like more chill and very long, 
But once again, if what's going to make a pin stand out in my mind, it's going to be bringing the visual and the light show and that atmospheric experience to the game. That was my list. So I'm fine with two lists. And if you want to move on, Tom, we're, we can. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we got to give no. Travis his due. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's all right. Very Travis, proud over there. Yeah. What? I'm going to just go to poor man's podcast <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> Travis, let's hear Drew, your. Drew needs a new co-host. <laughs> what's what's your list, and why is it Dixie Chicks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, actually, I uh, I kind of figured with some of the names that you guys put out there, I kind of figured you guys would say that. So I purposely left a few of those off. And so the ones I purposely left off was Lincoln Park and Foo Fighters and Van Halen. Okay. So those I left off, but I think those are really good ones. So I just kind of took it a different direction. Sure. I said, okay, what's kind of off the beaten path that maybe nobody's thinking about that would... I don't know. It would be interesting. I don't know if it'd sell well. I don't know how well it'd do on location. I just think the pins would be interesting. So in no particular order, um, I do have Daft Punk on there. There That's you go. like one of my number ones. And it's just strictly because of the type of show that they put on. I think if I was designing or coding a pin, I would love to have something like Daft Punk because it's just... To me, if you look at Daft Punk, I'm sure Dwight Sullivan would be salivating to do something like that. Because imagine the light shows that you could do with something like that. So I, I think something something around Daft Punk, and they have the right music for it as yeah. well. And they have a, a plenty of catalog that you could go off of. They're retired now. And so it's just, it's something that I think would go over really well. If you, and then imagine, if, sorry oh, to interrupt, I just, with no, no, Daft go, Punk, go if ahead, you, Joel. I, like if Stern got it mm-hmm. great or JJ, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. like, there's somebody, Scott Denisi, who is mm-hmm. an electronica music mm-hmm. maker mm-hmm. in this hobby. If you somehow mm-hmm. got Scott involved, <laughs> because Daft Punk, you could remix, remix all their songs. So depending on where you're at, you could continue to loop the same music and it could all flow together. Like electronica music makes total sense. So I'm glad work. you brought this up. Okay. So Scott Denisi will not be able to make Daft Punk or work on it. The reason being is because he is my number four, and it's a game called Scott Denise's House Party. So you guys remember <laughs> they did Scott Denise Haunted House Party, yeah, yeah, and it ended up not happening. I say have Scott Denise do a new soundtrack, new game. Say you're the DJ, go for it. Like okay. this is this is your game. So I would like to see something like that because with. TNA's music, I'm very impressed by that. Yeah. Just the sounds of it. And I would like to see more of that again. I'd like to see what else he has so left really in the tank. TNA two, so even though he wrote all the music of Rick and Morty. I'm not, I don't want to see TNA 2.0. I want to see Scott Denise's house party. I want to see something just inspired. He just goes nuts. You let him do Scott Denise things and see what happens. Well, I, I was very impressed by the soundtrack. I'm trying to remember, and maybe it was Jordan from Flip Fliptronic, but somebody said something about what if you made a game that as you're hitting shots, you were building the song. So electronic music, you can do that where different, you know, it starts off with that beat, but as you're hitting stuff, it's adding in it could, all that stuff. Most pinball players would be doing like the symbols because they'd be bricking shots all the yeah. time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, I, 
damn this song this song needs well, more cowbell. or you're saying if there was if there was a if there was an exploit right where it's like well for tournament mode all you hit is left orbit it's like dude quit like don't add yeah. any more synth you know yeah. the left orbit is the synth shot yeah. and we've have it we have enough but i i yeah. personally would just like to see and be able to create something like that because i you. think if if you're gonna go just uh, kind of an original ip i think have it be music have it be music and you could really make something pretty cool. And you could probably do that with any established artists that's out there, even if they're not very well known. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I think that that's something that if you're American pinball, probably consider if you're spooky, probably consider. I mean, it, there's, I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone for something like that, that a lot of people would be attracted to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's plenty. I mean, Tom's all in on Rush. Doesn't matter who's designing it. It does not matter what, how. I mean, that game could be garbage, and but Tom's in. Tom's ready to buy it, and that's True. because of the band. So I understand there are plenty of bands out there that now. You, obviously, you need to look at your demographic. You need to look at mm-hmm. who's buying pinball machines. So if yep. they made a t- Taylor Swift pin right now, I don't think that would sell nearly as well as Van Halen or Rush. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things too. I want to be upfront. I would love for there to be a hip hop machine. I would love for there to be one. I mean, I even took my Iron Maiden and I redid the music to be hip hop Maiden. And I love that thing. It all blended together. It all made sense. I wish something out there was like that, but just facing facts, the demographic, I, I don't think it would support it necessarily. Yeah. Well, so, but I would love something like that. I just, I think even on location, I don't know how well that would do overall in a lot of different regions. It would probably do semi-decent, well, but then a lot of other regions, not so much. There so. would have to be a family-friendly mode, right? And there would be plenty of leaps or oh, explicit. Gosh. But I, I actually looked, oh, so I, I did Tom's homework. And, and instead of looking up like top 50 greatest rock bands, I looked up top 50 greatest live shows. Because mm-hmm. once that's that's what I think Guns N' Roses has, has really done well is they focused on a live show. And one of the highest rated rap live shows was the Jay-Z and Kanye. Uh, what is it? Mm-hmm. Watch the Throne or something? The yeah. Throne tour. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. Yep. it's like, man, that would be that would be a blast. Like that could be an amazing yeah. pin. So Kanye West would be another pin that I would really like to see if somebody did hip hop. I would love to see that. I thought about Linkin Park too, because I think if you did Linkin Park, there's potential. Maybe you could backdoor and have some Jay-Z in that since they did a collaboration. Maybe, I don't know, obviously, you know, license and all yeah, that. Yeah. But I mean, that's all possibilities. But anyhow, so moving forward with my next band, and this isn't even a band, this goes into the show that we were talking about before. And I think uh, Marshmallow. Okay, DJ so electronic would make yeah. a very good pin. Yep, yep. And the reason being is because I think Marshmallow has how many subscribers on YouTube? I think like 55 million. A lot. Or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Super he's, popular. He's in I, the Fortnite game. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I don't know how popular he would be with the demographic, but I think on location, if you do it right and you have the music booming, I think it could be high-end potential on location Yep, with something like that. Yep. Easy topper. So, <laughs> Easy yeah, topper. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be like my out and left field one that is actually super popular with a lot of the young crowd that mm-hmm. might be able to pull in some people, but I don't know. So just putting that out there. Um, coming back around to something that's a little bit more traditional, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think 
that has to be made. I, I don't see any way possible that this does not get made. I, I think it would sell like hotcakes. Uh, the music would be great. It has all kinds of just timeless music. That's just very, very popular. And I, I know for sure it, if somebody made a red hot chili peppers, we would have to get the LE because it's my wife's favorite band and I hear oh. it all the time. So something like that, I think it needs to be made. And then my last one, and I'm going to throw you guys a curveball here. I think this would actually be pretty popular. Instead of just one band, I say get a record label and use various artists from that record label. And guess what? You don't have to use just one genre. So the record label I have in mind is Republic Records. And the reason for that is Republic Records has just all kinds of different artists from every genre. Like we're talking, they have The Lonely Island. You guys yeah. heard of that? With yeah. Andy yeah. They have Limp Biscuit. They have Lil Wayne. They have Weezer. They have Post Malone, Kid Cudi. Uh, let's see. What else is there? <laughs> There's So are you saying this is like a, you choose what songs you want it's on just, there? Or it's just yeah, be yeah. a total mix. I, I think it would be cool. I mean, cause they have, well, here's some of the other bands too. Florence and the Machine, Florida Georgia Line. They have Ariana Grande, Godsmack, Drake. I mean, and this is all from the same label. And so in my head, what I'm thinking is that if you get with a record label and you get various artists, you're able to craft a story in which you're basically the record label itself and you're trying to acquire just the different songs and all that. Uh Basically just form your record or whatever. But it gives you a chance to have different beats. It gives you a chance to go up tempo, to go down tempo, to go loud, to go soft. And I think something like that could could really change the way things are. Because I I know Guitar Hero or something like that or a rock band would be a pretty popular theme. But obviously, license reasons, that would be very hard to do. So I think the easiest way to go about this, if somebody could just get with a record label and take various artists from there, you could be able to backdoor hip-hop. You could be able to have your classic rock. You could be able to have your up-tempo pop. You could you know, really pick and choose how you want to do things. Why Bill's dad, go ahead. <laughs> why couldn't you do rock band? I mean, I mean they can well, the, they can make the a reason fifty dollar game out of it. Well, the reason being is because you have you have to get licensed with several different companies. Well, I mean, you could call it rock band, and happen that the license uh, happens to all be that one label, but they probably want. I mean, I see what you're saying, and I I know this is this is literally every time this comes up, but it's when you have these really cool themes. You got to realize this pin is going to be set on location between Mandalorian and like Stranger Things. So you have these crazy themes that everybody knows. So if you have a Republic Records pin and that's what it's advertised as, that's not going to get the level of play that Amando is. That's why I understand that Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin and soon to be Rush. So know, why couldn't you put the band's crazy. name? On the side of so it. So if, if it said Post Malone, you why know, can't it have maybe? their picture on it? Yeah. If you have the assets. Good point. No. Why, why can't it show them on the LCD? Yeah. Going back I, to your point, though, Joel, Rush isn't like a super popular band. Uh, I true. mean, they're popular, but they're That's not. That's right. They're, they're no, they're, they're not Florida Georgia line. I mean, let's face <laughs> facts. <laughs> but, but I, they're not, they're not. Guns and Roses fan base or 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. I was, I mean, top 10 bands, like I was surprised to not to, I, when I looked at that list, like U2 was there. I don't want a U2 pin, but like oh. U2 is huge. U2 is huge. I like U2, um, but I don't necessarily want a pin after them. Yeah. I, I think out of all of them, the ones that make the most sense is going to be Red Hot Chili Peppers, Daft Punk, Lincoln Park, and Foo Fighters. Yeah. I, I think Foo Fighters would make a really great pen as well. Could. Yeah. yeah. And I know yep. my muse is is like Tom Tom doesn't know who they are. And I get that. But I just my whole thing was give me that light show and the like if you could get the video assets from Muse and that, give me that light show, I think you could you could have a ridiculous ridiculous pen. But I the reality is it's all about name recognition and yep. and yeah, if 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 Stern's sitting there and they're going, well, which do we want to buy? Do we want to buy? Uh, do we want to buy Van Halen's license and commit to that, or do we want to buy Muse? They're going to pick Van Halen all day because they know it's guaranteed sales. Um, but I think you're right. I think those what we just listed: Foo Fighters and and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Lincoln Park. In my mind that's that is maybe on the lower end of the age demographic for pinball but it's it's the the popularity is there and i think they do really well in location and daft punk i think is huge i i'm surprised that nobody like you're right american pinball grab some like grab a marshmallow grab daft punk grab an electronica band and just go to town um yeah i'm with you there well well, here's a reason too, and we talked about this a little bit earlier off podcast. Here is a big reason why Pinball keeps doing classic rock. And I have it right here in front of me. Um, I think the, the website's called Statista. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Basically, they collect demographics and everything, and they collect data. And so they went to 3,000 respondents, 16 and over, and this is for favorite music genres among consumers in the United States, right? This is just a couple of years ago. And classic rock itself, 36% of the ages 20 to 24 said that classic rock is their favorite genre. That's not a small number. As much as people think about dad rock, retro stuff is more popular than what people realize. 25 to 34%, 44%. So nearly half. 25 to 34, 35 to 44, 46%. And then of course, once you get to 45, 54 rockets up to 62%. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to hear classic rock. And then when you turn around and you look at hip hop, it is 20 to 24 is 54%, which in all reality is just what about 18% higher than the classic rock. But even then it gets even lower as you go on 25 to 34 is 42%, 35 to 44 is 33%, then 45 to 54 is 15%. And so there's a big reason why classic rock works because it spans across more ages than what people realize. I mean, it goes sub 30. It it realistically does. So with that in mind, then if we're going to be realistic, what music pins are actually going to come out and it's going to be Rush and Van Halen, and you maybe you'll see that Motley Crue. Um, you're gonna, you may, we're probably gonna stick in that, unless uh, a smaller manufacturer wants to take a gamble on something younger, or unless somebody in some board meeting is like, "All right, we need to let's produce a pin that is purposely focused on a younger demographic." So, but the reality is, they're probably gonna have better luck if they pursue 
you know, if they can go, let's go marshmallow or let's go, can we get a video game license? Can we do something like that? You know, there's other things that would probably draw on the younger crowd. I mean, I think Foo Fighters or Red Hot Chili Peppers would be the perfect bands to bridge that gap. I'm, I, from I, I think old school classic to modern music. The real, well, we know right now that if Stern produces a game, it's everything they're making, their LEs are selling out. So the truth is, do are they going to sell more Van Halen machines than they would Foo Fighters? I don't necessarily think that's a guarantee. I mean, Led Zeppelin sold a ton. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that don't like Led Ze- the Led Zeppelin game. So now they're not selling as much. Um, the game still has to be good. The game still has to be good. Regardless of what yes. the theme is, yeah. The it ga- be good. The game still has to be good. And, and I think we've said this before. I feel bad for whoever's game comes out next because of Godzilla. Godzilla is, <laughs> is so good that well, the that's, next that's game already, has to compete with it. That's yeah. already happened, though. With, Back Danger. Jurassic uh, Park the well, I mean, oh. yeah, but that's kind of oh. a totally different type of game. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that's a great discussion. Anybody that's listening to this, if you think we're crazy or you agree with us or, you know, if somebody's insulted that I cracked a joke at Dix- Dixie Chicks, feel free to email us at tripledrain at gmail.com. <laughs> I'd love to hear your opinion. I, I Maybe we're, we're, we're onto something or not. Maybe and, we and missed Travis, something. Maybe we did. Maybe there's a there's a band that you're screaming at your. Yeah, I mean, well, Kid Rock, obviously. Kid Rock, yeah. I mean, the toppers I, could have two stripper poles on it. Uh, you could have pyro. It'll be coming out of the back. It'll be great. Um, yeah, perfect. I do think you had said this ro- this record label pin. Somebody and I really feel bad. Somebody had this conversation on another podcast. It may have been Jesse J. And somebody had thrown out this idea of a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. And at the time, I thought it was silly. But the reality is Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the original game, when it came out, the soundtrack of that game was absurd. It was really, really good. Like, And I think skateboarding, you guys played Radical. Radical is a pretty sweet game. I think skateboarding with the ramps and the things that you could do within a game, to be honest, the more that I've thought about it, the more that I actually think that's a good idea. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah. I, I just got to throw this out there now that you mentioned Tony Hawk. Do you know I was Tony Hawk's bitch for a day? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. What? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Not yeah. in a sexual wait, way, Travis. Uh, Put, so your yeah. Put your porn down. Put your porn down. What? What? <laughs> Where is this? Nobody, I'm 37 years old, and I've never heard that sentence ever said in my entire uh, life. I'm truly intrigued. Starting with, so, did you know? No. No, we so did not, Tom. Where I originally grew up. They opened a skate park and uh, where I worked, I was in charge of making sure Tony Hawk had everything he wanted for the day. So like literally I had to bug this poor guy every five minutes. Tony, do you want, do you want a soda? Tony, do you want a sandwich? Tony, this guy probably thought I was fucking annoying, but my boss, <laughs> my boss was like, you make sure that he gets everything how, he wants. How old were you when this I was I was like on? 16, 18. And so how old's Tony? Um, he was probably in his twenties. He had, uh, his That'd wife, be early twenties. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 his wife was there and his kids. He couldn't be the nicest guy on the fricking planet. Yeah. But he did like chicken sandwiches. 
So he's no Dennis Creasel, but he's he's nice, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Oh. This is a transition right here. This just popped in my head. This is a shout out to Raymond Davidson. Raymond Davidson on our Discord posted this, and I don't know what this is from. It's like a clip from a podcast, but he sent it to the Discord. I know we got flack for apparently we have too many sound bites, but I'm going to play this because this is amazing. Because of Dennis so, Creasel. Because of Dennis Creasel and also he who shall not be named. So, um, but okay, Tom, I mean, not to cut your story short, but that's, that's an incredible story about Tom, (laughs) Tony Hawk. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so here we go. I'm going to play this. uh, Enjoy. Island crime rate is low. Yeah. Uh, she comes in and says, okay, I live in a trailer, yeah. uh, this whole thing. First of all, let's tell you who, who lives in this trailer. Let's start out with that, okay? Yeah. It's a trailer in Wyoming. Uh, it is Dee Himes, uh-huh. uh, her boyfriend, uh, Dennis David, which Eesh. that is not a good name. No. I do not like that name. <laughs> Dennis David? No. Uh, David Dennis would be a much better name yeah. than Dennis David. I don't like that name at Dennis all. Dennis as a last name is much better than as a first it's name. It's not a good first no. name. No, but Dennis Dennis is like what you name someone who you, in a movie who you want people to think is an asshole. Right. Like Dennis the Menace is because, right. well, it rhymes with menace, number one. But right. number two, he's supposed to be like a little shit. Right. He's not supposed to be like a nice guy. <laughs> Dennis on Always Sunny is supposed to be a dick. Right. And his name fits it. It just fits him perfectly. He's so good at it. That guy's great. Oh, he's a fucking great actor, Glenn <laughs> Howard, and he's hilarious. But yeah. but Dennis is, is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, you're naming it like he's our asshole character. What do we name him? Dennis. Yeah. That's the one. So. Dennis is that. So uh, her boyfriend, Dennis David, and also living there. Yeah, I I mean, incredible. Dennis David, first <laughs> off, way better than the other way around. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but uh, he posted that. And uh, yeah, Dennis, basically, what was Dennis's response? He's like, I've been fighting against this my whole life, and that's why I try to win people over with my wit and charm or something like that. <laughs> but uh Shout out. Thank you, Raymond, for posting that. And uh, yeah, any Dennis listeners, if you agree or disagree, once again, feel free to email us at, uh, at tripledrain.gmail.com. Um, yeah, I don't know. I that I had to include that. But um, good to know, Tom. So I'm glad that you've been uh, t- you've you've served Tony Hawkwell and uh, he probably remembers you because, uh, you know, sure you did such doesn't. a great job. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> Once again, another great transition here. Speaking of memorable, uh, this is easily the most memorable segment of our podcast. Um, I know a lot of people actually fast forward to this. They they listen specifically for this segment. It is everybody's favorite segment. Um, it's not Triple Combo. That's what you're wanting. It is the one, the only, Tom Talks. Tom Talks. He's got something to say, Tom Talks. He's got nothing to say, Tom Talks. All right, Travis, you are, uh, you got the prompt. Oh, he has it on a piece of paper, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank how you, Joel. How many parts does it have? <clears throat> <clears throat> Nils, dad, you broke my heart and crushed my <laughs> dreams at Free Play Florida. Thanks to your pick of Cosmos. This past weekend, you played in a tournament at District 82 to where you also broke the heart and crushed the dreams of a 12 year old. How does that feel? Feels great. All right. And that was Tom Talks. Tom Talks. He had something to say. Tom Talks. He had nothing to say. Tom Talks. Tom.
got I got nothing. Incredible. A twelve hey, year old? That kid was good. Did he cry? No. No, he, no, he was, no, he was, no, he I was he talking actually, about Travis. He eliminated <laughs> Yeah, I did. Travis yeah. did. <laughs> I did, definitely. You know, I have to say that I know everybody watching at home and at District 82 was rooting against me the entire time. <laughs> I even wanted that freaking kid to win. You could have let him. It's true. I could have. But. Hey, I was rooting for There was for you, IFPA Tom. points on the line. <laughs> there was a whoppers. What was the game? Uh, Tommy. Tommy. Not Tommy. the who. Not the who game. Not Definitely the not who. Not who they, Just the regular Tommy. Count. Well, what was funny about it on Flintstones, he had an excellent comeback that eliminated Nil, and it made me realize Nil at 17 years old has officially <laughs> aged out of pinball. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Well, um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Tom. Hopefully that kid comes back, but that's good for him. 12 years old, and that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Taking second place at a large... T- How many people were there? Like 57? There were 53, 53 people. Yeah. And uh, I did end up uh, giving him the translate I won for... Because... Uh, uh, <laughs> was it Elvira? I was just trying to be a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Heavy metal. Yeah. Here you yeah. go. <laughs> you bet. Like Tom wins and he's holding up the trophy. Yeah. Then he has a translate yeah. and he just looks at the kid and he goes, Here you go, slugger. Yeah. And just hands it off to him. Yeah. It was uh it was Star Wars. Oh, it was okay. Star Wars translate. Gotcha. Well, speaking of trophies, geez, these, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these transitions, they just happen and you just go with them. Um, we want to make a comment, and this may be somewhat controversial, but coming up is the Twippies. And the Twippies are not, you know, for some people, it's it's everything. That's what they're shooting for. For others, they don't care at all. Um, what I will tell you is, I as creators, I, they are cool. It's, it is somewhat of a people's choice awards, and I know that there are people that have pros and cons against that, and some think they're rigged, and others think they're they're the best way to show overall like, you know, whether or not you like it or not. But um, I will just tell you, it's Twippies, the Twippy voting comes out, I think, in like a week, and there's nominations, so you got to get nominated before you even get voted for. If you feel so inclined if you have enjoyed the last 10 episodes and you want to continue to put food on on neil's dad's table feel free to feel free to nominate i do we do we expect to win no absolutely not zero chance but um you know make top 10 that would be pretty cool i'm I'm not gonna complain about that 10 episodes top 10 i don't travis you're you, you you look like emperor palpatine over there with uh, <laughs> when you put your hood that. up in your dark room <laughs> i'm just i'm just listening to your pitch here i forgot i told you before i forgot the twippies was going on until we uh we talked about it but yes yes vote for don't vote for joel no don't vote for nil's dad no vote for me don't vote for mark okay if you're really here we go we could just fill out we could literally fill out your entire is where we ballot put, here is this where yeah, we play the mark silk uh travis uh, uh no i replaced it with the dennis but no it's i have it. i have it right here it, this is your entire twippy ballot you ready marv loco youtube uh a pinball podcast podcast triple drain podcast just another pinball podcast actually just focus on triple drain fox city's pinball for streaming just another pinball stream flipping out for streaming anything i mean travis it's 
that's there. I mean, that's pretty much her whole ballot. And that's ridiculous that the three of us are involved in all that crap. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'll admit it may be a little whole, much. Yeah. Well, the whole idea of the Twippies and us even being on a ballot is just, it's weird to me. Yeah. But, but I will say guys, listeners out there, Joel does work hard. He <laughs> helps Neil's dad and I get through. Sure. He might be late. When we're supposed to, you know, record, <laughs> Not he might forget late. what time we're supposed to record, but damn it. When he shows up, uh, he's halfway professional. So go. yes, yep. yes, please. No, in all reality, I would be appreciative of it. I, I think it would be pretty cool. I, I, I'll go ahead and say, since Joel's convinced me I'm all in, <laughs> sit, like nominate us, send us to the promised land. I hope we get the call up to New York or where, where's this held at? Where's, it's, where's it's the TPF, at? TPF. Okay. TPF. Well, even better. Cause I'll be there and I will be willing to not leave the tournament area for it, but mm. you know, Joel might, Tom, are <laughs> you going to be a TPF? I don't know if I'll be oh, there. Hold on a second. I'm writing an email to my mom to vote for us on the Twippies. Oh, perfect. Oh yeah. my gosh. So neither one of you are even going to be there. Are you? I don't know. The verdict is still, I will me, not be but, there. Yeah. Okay. So, the Tom won't be out. there. Hey, Joel, I'll show you you're right not, now. You're not if, even I, sure. if I make the ballot, the top ten ballot, that that sure helps my argument on being able to try to get there. Oh well, yeah, you'll. Yeah. Is it? Are they doing the top ten podcast? Is that I have a no thing? idea. I last year. Is there year, even ten pinball podcasts? Well, yes, there available? are definitely more than ten is pinball there? podcasts. But yeah, um, there is. Yeah. Okay, good because that oof, that, that would have been awkward so, if we were on two of them. I will out say, of like yeah, four. Feel free to put. Triple Drain podcast number one. And if you really can't think of another one and you just want to give that small ounce of sympathy to somebody who just needs it more than anybody I know, write Silverball Chronicles for number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's just, it's just throwing it out there. Um, but uh, yeah, do what you want. And believe it or not, if, if your Twippy votes are, are needed elsewhere, fine. You can go to Silverball Swag and buy us a shirt. That's fine too. You know, you can support us in plenty of other ways, um, which is. Oh, cool. we have merch, don't we? We do have merch, Travis. You still do not own any I, of it. I know. I need to make you a I hoodie. Know. That's what I said. I need to make you a hoodie. Um, and we've joked around about making a Patreon. If anybody wants, to, if anybody would <laughs> actually pay for a Patreon, send us an email, and uh, well, it'll probably be you and us. It'll be one person. <laughs> Now, the best way you could go, if you ever did want to actually donate, go to Fox Cities on Twitch or Tom's tournament streams. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you could go on just another pinball stream when Joel streams whenever he has his games not folded up. Yeah. We gotta so there's that. Finish in his basement. Yep. And just then, donate yep, it on all, Tom. Donate it on Tom's stream and just say, this is for Joel. And, and Tom, <laughs> Tom actually got now. Have you, Tom? Have you even talked about? I, I haven't said it, but publicly, you mentioned the, But yes, I I received a donation, uh, a big one, to uh, help out with my stream, which I am going to use for my stream, uh, and buy some new uh, HDMI wireless transmitters. That's awesome. So wh whoever's yeah. out there, whoever did that, thank you. Like, yeah. truly thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's streaming. This, what you're doing for streaming tournaments is is incredible. It's incredible for the hobby. And it's, uh, 
I, I, when I stream, I'm, I'm literally just joking around with like 30 people at a time, but every time you're streaming, I mean, there are hundreds of people watching and this is, these are high end competitive players that want to see high end competitive gameplay. And the fact that somebody was willing to donate money to improve the quality of that for all of us to enjoy is, is incredible. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll just roll right into plugs. I think I literally already plugged us all. Yeah, I think (laughs) we're good. I think we're good. Um, giggity. Giggity. Perfect. Um, I haven't I, plugged my stuff yet. Go, go for I it. Said, I said Marvoloco, you know. But, Did you? And Yeah. Marvoloco, a pinball podcast. It's not a. Uh, it's a. <laughs> Debatable. Semantics. <laughs> yeah. Tomato, uh, tomato. Uh, if yeah. you hey, do anything else, I could I could hit your, bucket, your button, but I'm not going no, to. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't need my button hit anymore yeah. tonight. I appreciate it though. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> nope, I'm good. Nope. You guys can find me on YouTube at Marv Loco or find me on iTunes or somewhere or one of the podcatchers for a pinball podcast. Or you can see me on Tom stream every now and again, which is like every few months, or you can find me on just another pinball stream every <laughs> few months as well. Or you can find, find me on uh flipping out pinball yeah. stream every few months too. So i yeah, I, I get around. You, you get around. He's yeah, Savoir Fair. He's everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, you're not going to plug Triple Drain while you're at it. Like, oh, yeah. And, yeah. I did plug that, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Um, Tom, was there anything I left off for you? No. I'm nope. good. Well, cool. Thank well, you. if you need to get a hold of me, just another pinball at gmail.com or actually just email triple drain at gmail.com. And um, yeah, that's all I've got. Um, like always, Tom. You got the last word. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you later.